are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time. Featuring Joe C. Dang it! Matt Hayes. I'm not running over the Barnett Tower and heaving myself off. Mia O'Brien. One of those bugs just flew in my yeah, head. And Leon Searcy. Keep everything above the way. Noon hour, ready to rock and roll. Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota Tuesday. We come in with a little RPMs in our belly, ready to ride. So hang out with us. We've got three hours of XL Prime Time, and we will be cranking. That's for sure. Uh, We're going to do a little panic meter with you, with your Jacksonville Jaguars, which we will set up coming up in just a few moments, but then also some Monday Night Football action last night. Uh, Double time, uh, two games to bounce back and forth watching and I'm pretty sure they delivered a little bit more than maybe most of us out there expected that's for sure Beaver Chevy and Beaver Toyota they will deliver more than you expect Uh, you can count count on it they're there to wow you and it's from the sale to the service everything is important and you know you want to have a great ride and a great price and a service contract to go along with it Beaver Toyota St. Augustine.com BeaverChevrolet.com so let's start with last night and then we'll get into kind of our panic meter uh, theme with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I, I did not see it coming. Okay. Mm-hmm. I did not see it coming. Home team favored mightily down in SoFlo, Leon. The Dolphins were poised, just like Jacksonville was a Monday night ago, to stay in that number one seed conversation. Mm-hmm. They were right there with the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. And Will Levis comes alive in that ballgame. Let's just start with the Miami. Tennessee game before we kick it up to Tommy DeVito land. Well, I mean, listen, um, not every team this late in the season is ready to mail it in, and that's mm-hmm. what we saw last night. We saw two teams that were heavily underdog going into this Monday night game, yeah, yeah. and the home, the home and teams that are in the playoff push heavily favored. Yeah, and you know, I joke about it this part of the season when I was playing teams. Players would call me up and say, Big Sirs, man, I'm just trying not to get hurt or anything like that. But you got to remember, too, man, this late in the season, you, uh, as a player, you don't know what's going on organizationally. Yeah. From the GM, from the coach, to your position coach, to yourself. So you're auditioning because you don't know if you're going to be on the team. You better believe You don't it. know if you're going to be on another team. So you got to go out there and get, put out your best effort. And I think in both of those games, mm-hmm. the underdogs – Play, gave their best effort, and they beat the teams. That you were also to have said, Leon, that the underdogs and those teams that think their season is almost over are starting making plans for Cabo. Mm, yeah, yeah absolutely. didn't look like the Titans or the Giants were making plans for Cabo in the last four minutes of last night's game. In no, they didn't. One. No, they didn't. They played well. They played tough. The Titans, especially the Titans, played tough. I mean, listen, I was almost went to bed when they were down by fourteen with like four minutes left oh, in yeah. the game. Something in my spirit said, Leon, watch it to the end. And yeah. I watched it to the I end. wanted to go to bed then because I was a winner then. <laughs> then I ended up being a loser yeah. uh, when it was all said. I mean, you, two bonehead mistakes. At the, I mean, the Titans were in the game. They had two bonehead mistakes. A punt return, a, a punt that shouldn't have been touched. Yeah. You know, you could see Vrabel over there talking to the guy about it, and he, you know, mofoed him on the, on the sideline. <laughs> I read his lips. Me and J.J. read his lips. This was locker room. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then the next play, I mean, they get the ball again, and, and then um, – you know, Will Levis, you know, he he throws a, a, a toss pass to, to, to Derrick Henry that hits him on the shoulder. Yeah. And I thought right there it was a wrap. Game was over, whatever. But they they rallied back, man. Yeah, that, that, point, I, that was very impressive. At that point, I'm toggling back and forth. Yes. Let's just call this a teaser uh, mm-hmm. uh, that we had. And it was eight, uh, minus eight for Miami and pick them for Green Bay. I mean, mm-hmm. that makes all the sense in the world to me. 
uh, going into that last night. Anyway, we all know what, what, what happened. It went down where there's some fight left in the Tommy DeVito-led Giants with that, with that hand up from all of his family. And then also with Will Levis. Matt, Will Levis – Last night, good man. Okay, now I'm not going to say Briscoe was taking a victory lap. It yeah, was I'm quite not going to say he is like all of a sudden. You know, I've seen too many examples of guys that look good and then and then come back to the pack. Uh, and I don't know where he ultimately sits in this. But think He's about starting this. to be more consistent. Think about this. Last night, he throws it right into the midst of a defensive lineman with what four or five minutes into this ball game, maybe right, even right. less than that. Right, right, and it's an instant seven points for Miami. And he gets rocked trying to tackle big number 94, 92, whichever it was. I almost almost killed him on the collision. And then from that point on, he just stayed with it and, and had that determination. He really did. Well, that's what you love to see with young guys, that quarterbacks especially, obviously, is they don't get phased. Yeah. Like bad things happen. It's all right, man. Let's just keep moving. Let's just keep moving forward. And that's yeah. – I mean, if you're a Titans fan or if you're a Jags fan watching the Titans and worried about them – that's a concern because he keeps just getting better. Yeah, I, week by week by week he's getting better. I, I told the son-in-law last night. I said, "Just you know, prep to lose, okay? Because you're a loser." And and so I was just expecting the Titans to go down. I was going to celebrate and have a big time. Obviously, that did not happen. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Justin Herbert will miss the remainder of the 2023 season following surgery on his fractured right index finger. And so the cycle of a Chargers season is complete. Now, is that both hands with finger injuries? Yes. Yeah. So and both are with the index finger. Yeah. yeah That's his so. throwing finger. He had previously sprained slash whatever it was, tried to play mm-hmm. with that weird yeah. splint of right. sorts that looked like he had an extra long fingernail. And, Who wouldn't want that? Yeah, you know, really. and, and now it's both. And yeah. the, the big question for me is they play Thursday night. You're not going to fire Brandon Staley before that, but if they lose to the Raiders and Antonio Pierce on, and Aiden O'Connell mm-hmm. uh, in primetime on Thursday night. I expect him to be fired by the He'll be gone by Friday. Yeah, I, I really do. Probably on the even, tarmac. I've never seen two people who want a guy fired more than you. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't want him <laughs> fired. Stanley, I expect him to be fired because uh, you know, I've, I've watched the Chargers for a long time and have – wondered why they have so much talent and don't get the job done. And you can go all the way back to the Marty Schottenheimer coach Chargers, the LaDainian Tomlinson and Phillip Rivers. Remember how talented they were, Leon? Mm-hmm. They had some unbelievable players on those football teams back in the day. And here they come. They get Justin Herbert, turn him into a star. Eckler, I mean, we can go down the line with all the guys that they've got. And they are great underachievers. I don't want Brandon Staley fired. I think he should be fired. Mm-hmm. That's just how I'm looking at it. They're a they're a pitiful football team. He'll be fine, Matt. Yeah, yeah. I've been cheering for it. Yeah. He'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna have a nice they're little going away bro. package. They're yeah. underachievers. All that talent and all that money they spend defensively. Uh, I don't disagree. They should be all a lot actually. better than what they Didn't are. Didn't you pick I think them right. to go to the Super Bowl last year? I did. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, you're talking Bosa, Mac, Derwin, and then come to the other side, Allen, Eckler, Herbert. Uh, honestly, you can go on and on and on. Oh, loaded. Mm-hmm. And and they have been. And, and look. On the text line designed by Lifetime and Closures yesterday during our show, I forgot to bring it up, uh, is this the Chargers of the East Coast? So mm. Jacksonville's got a fair amount of talent, and yet they find themselves looking up at uh, you know the rest of the AFC division leaders because of what they've done the last couple of games. Those are underachieving performances that this team had. You don't want to be 
lumped in with the Chargers, that's for sure. We also also should note, which for those of you who have been listening to the Superstation this morning, Jeff Prosser really hit the point home. Six of the eight outright division leaders in the National Football League lost outright yeah. this past weekend. Yeah, it, it is as week-to-week of a league as it's ever been. And I'm not making excuses for the Jags. Yes, I see you on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. The lines looked soft at times. You, you cannot deny it. Oh, yeah, they do. They, they really do. They look soft. Yeah. But you also have to understand, Leon, and Leon, you could speak to this, this is the nature of the NFL. You are not supposed to just steamroll teams. Even the 49ers, <laughs> who are back to steamrolling teams, went through a three-game losing streak where they lost a little bit of their identity. And mm-hmm. had to go back and reclaim it. And you could say maybe it was just Debo Samuel and Trent Williams being out all you want. But you cannot deny that they did not look like themselves for three weeks. It does happen. I mean, yeah, it does happen. I mean, uh, I, I, we've heard Doug Peterson talk about the, the practice wasn't as crisp. All right. And, um, I mean, and Matt tends to think that's a, that's a built-in excuse mm-hmm. to say. But, but I don't but, think it's a built-in. Well, I, think, I, think that, I think him saying he, he has a different excuse every week is what I'm saying. Okay. I think preparation is the key to everything. Yeah, yeah, well, we, yeah. Well, you're right. Well, I mean, listen. If you don't prepare, if you don't execute, and you and your intensity is not matched on Sunday, that's when teams like the Titans, who are, who are 13 point dogs, are coming in and beat you. Mm-hmm. All right. That's the nature of the NFL. You can't take any grand game for granted. Yeah. I mean, these are playoff games, this, and I just think this Jaguar team over the last couple of weeks have not been looking at these games as playoff games. They've looked at who the quarterback is. Right. They look at the team coming in here. They're struggling. Oh, we got a chance. We got a shot. We can line up against them, and talent alone is going to beat you. doesn't work yeah. that way. doesn't Co- work that yeah. way. Cockiness and overconfidence. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it you, can't tell, you. you can't tell me this team didn't think that Jake Browning coming in, in here Monday right. Night Football yeah. in their house you couldn't tell. You can't tell me that this team came here and they thought that there's no way this kid, this dude's gonna come out here and right. beat us in this game, and, and it happens. And by the way, I think another example of that is what Miami experienced last Absolutely. night. Mm-hmm. And Miami Absolutely, and Miami thought, okay, Tua's gonna stay in the MVP re- MVP race. Mm-hmm. Tyreek is gonna be one of his closest pursuers for that mm-hmm. MVP award. Tyreek gets hurt last night. Yep, sits out the entire first half after what did kind of look like a scary injury. Anyway, he comes back, but he's not the same same dude. And then they're running roughshod at one point over the Tennessee Titans. Raheem Mostert with two big runs. They score, they score, they score. And you're like, okay, now they're going to put them away. And it is an example of overconfidence. And you just start to all of a sudden find out that someone is going to keep swinging. Just keep swinging. That was a Tennessee Titans team without Jeffrey Simmons. And they still were able to get the job done. Well, see, here's the thing. I think the difference between, I mean, that Titans team that we saw last night and the Jaguars' inability – when the offense seems to be struggling a little bit, that Titans team's defense got after them. Yeah. Sacks, pressures, turnovers, that kind of stuff kept them in the game. Because if they, if that defense didn't respond, which had five sacks in that game, if they didn't mm-hmm. respond the way they responded mm-hmm. and gave the offense more opportunities, we're not even here to talking about the Titans win. I also think we need to address the larger elephant in the room, which is did the Titans win that game, which they looked gritty, not pretty. They mm-hmm. found a way to win. All the credit to Will Levis. Or did the Dolphins lose that game? Because boy, oh boy, Jalen Ramsey and y'all and the rest of that secondary mm-hmm. need to look themselves in the mirror this morning because Will Levis moved up and down that field with four minutes left mighty easily. You couple that with Tua and the offense looked lost at times without Tyreek Hill out there. It was he, as they if really they just combusted. Their brain couldn't handle him not being on the field. And so that says to me that th- there's a lot more holes in these quote-unquote elite teams in the National Football League this year than we think. Tua had a pretty terrible game last night. Okay, Trevor comes out of this last game going, 
uh, you might be questioning Trevor, and, and, and with, with good reason. Mm-hmm. But he's also coming off a significant injury and busted his tail to get back out there and play. Tua, last night, they're, they're at the, what, three-yard line, two-yard line when the ball gets knocked out of his hands? Zero points. And then, obviously, he was harassed much of the night. And Nico Autry and, and Landry and all those guys were able to get after him. And so, yeah, all of a sudden, and this is the Miami Dolphins had a struggle with beating teams with a winning record. That was a four-win club that rolled in there last night and said, we're going we're to swing on you. We're going to hit you right in the flipping mouth. Well, I mean, a lo- another another thing that maybe overlooked a little bit is the fact that he lost he lost the center early on in the game. Ecklenburg yeah. came in the game, and they struggled with the snap, maybe some communication breakdowns yeah. of the offensive line, reason why they gave up a lot of pressures. Because, I mean, that center is the quarterback of the O-line. True. And if you're used to a guy with the calls he makes and everything like that, Ecklenburg, who came in and who was the backup center, Maybe not. Maybe is not equipped as the, the starter because you sure. you get more comfortable with calls and slides and protections That's and all true. that kind of stuff. So you could tell the offensive line struggled because of that as well. So the all twenty two is out. Uh, JP Acosta, noted Jaguar fan, works for SB Nation. Just broke down one of the plays in particular when Tyreek was out. Mm-hmm. Titans just bracketed walk, Waddle. Mm-hmm. They stunted up front, which we know Arden Key, the stunt master from yeah. his time oh, here, yeah. in addition he to building. He did build, have a sack. In a building, yeah. he built in the addition, Buckman. right? In addition to building the Buckman, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they stunt up front. Best pass rusher on their worst lineman, sack, mm-hmm. and that was the game plan. It was, hey, we know you have three backup linemen in. Yeah. We're yeah. gonna put all of our best guys, chess piece, move them right on you, and we're gonna bracket Waddle and dare you to throw to one of these other cats. Yeah, Landry had three sacks. He was going all of them against the right tackle. Yeah, and right tackle just sounded like uh, uh, an extension, uh, moving moving forward, and got gives up three sacks. Isn't, isn't, that, isn't that a novel idea? Oh Hit them where they're the weakest. Exactly. Okay, attack them there and see what you can do with it. Uh, and so when when you look at this game or b- both of these games, because we need to hit the Green Bay Packers loss to the New York Football Giants, but just staying in the AFC right now, uh, the fact that a lot of teams, Kansas City's now suffered back to back losses, teams inside your division the two that were the closest to you, Indianapolis and Houston, both lost. Buffalo is on the come now. you got to pay attention to them. Baltimore squeaks out that win in overtime. So it's definitely a a topsy-turvy feeling to the AFC playoff picture. But Jacksonville needs to get back on the win, okay? Back on the win, and they're facing a Lamar Jackson-led Baltimore team that's coming in here hungry to prove that they can beat this team. This was the same team that were they were down double digits to Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens last year and were able to come back and win. Don't think they haven't thought about that a little bit. Defensively, they've been able to control and, and kind of curb Lamar's performance, but I'm really interested, Leon, seeing what Todd Munkin in that offense can do with Lamar because Lamar had a heck of a game this past Sunday. Yeah, but with everything with the Ravens, starts with the run game first. Mm-hmm. I mean, with their offensive line running that ball, and then they set up with play action. And then you then you know then you've got you've got old you got old, uh, you got Beckham out there you got mm-hmm. Zay Zay Flowers mm-hmm. they lost who was their tight end they lost it to injury. yeah Mark Andrews Mark Andrews but they um the other kid I can't remember his name they, he's coming in the other Isaiah Lightfoot Isaiah thing. yeah mm-hmm. he's done but then yeah, then then you've got the threat of you've got the threat of you know L Boogie throwing the ball and you got in, in his legs I mean so I mean there's different variations of their offense that this team. Is going to have to deal with. Yeah, you've got to stop the run. You've got to put pressure, and you've got you can't. We can't just play zone against this team. You see, somehow you got to play some. I, I, you can't just play zone against this team because he's going to find the pockets. 
if you don't get the pressure. Right. And, and this team at the lines of scrimmage, so let's go ahead and get to the panic meter part of this. The lines of scrimmage are the biggest question mark right now for this football team. And we will be looking at the lines the Baltimore Ravens have on both sides of the ball as we get closer to Sunday night football. But give us an idea. You can hit the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosures, and just give us an idea of where your panic meter is and where the, the, the greatest concern lies. Trevor didn't play well, but is battling through injury. You hope like heck he can come, come back. I saw the number, Calvin Ridley, which we'll set up our, our X poll with. Calvin has something in the neighborhood of 55 grabs on about 105 targets. That's not good, okay? There needs to be a higher productivity and success rate when it comes to that. No Christian Kirk. Now you're starting to lean more on some of these other guys. Zay, with all the targets he had, did not come up with enough catches. So where's the biggest panic meter that you would say right now? I don't know about the I don't know about the panic meter, but I'm I want to I'm going to address this real quick mm-hmm. with the Ravens. Mm-hmm. They've won seven of eight, right? Yeah. Here's a here's the seven wins. You ready? Mm-hmm. Titans, Lions, very good win. Mm-hmm. Thirty-eight. Beat the hell out of them. Thirty-eight-six. Cardinals, mm-hmm. Seahawks, Bengals. When Joe Burrow got injured. Mm-hmm. Chargers, Rams. Mm-hmm. Who the hell have they beaten? Right. Nothing okay. similar yeah. to Miami last so, night. So my point is, if you're the Jags, or, or or if you're a Jags fan out there and you think, oh my God, this is this is going to be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Who have the Ravens beaten? Yeah, you and look, you've got and I I don't I, I like that because you're trying to figure out, hey, we need to go toe to toe and show that we can we can be just as big in the St- AFC. Yeah, stand up and fight. Equation. We were saying it last week. Fight, yeah, man. Exactly. And and their their pride's been challenged, right? Their their pride has yeah, been one hundred percent challenged. They gotta be real, bro. I mean I mean you don't you don't want to consider this team a fraud. I mean, it's too early. You also for don't that. want to be intimidated by it. You don't want to be intimidated, either. but you, you got to be real about you. I mean, in every big game this team has played, when the lights were brightest, we came up short. Mm-hmm. That's concerning to me. KC, 49ers, Cincinnati. He, here's another opportunity. Lights are bright, Sunday night. Everybody's going to be watching. You're at the crib. What are you going to do? Huh? You need to show up and show out, is what you need to do. And now let's go to the other side. I'm going to say it again. The Chiefs were coming off a disappointing loss in the opener to the Lions. The 49ers were coming off of a three-game losing streak. They were desperate. The Bengals had lost Joe Burrow, had just lost to the lowly Steelers. I know they were in a playoff position. I'm still calling them lowly. Mm-hmm. The Ravens are coming off of a dramatic, emotional overtime win. Do with that information what you will. Maybe this is how you write the ship. Well, mm-hmm. look, the other examples you gave, they lost all those. So, that's the, that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. what the point I was getting at. I, I know. I know yes, that, yes. That's what I'm saying. So, so yes. what gives you – I guess I'm challenging you because yeah. what gives you the confidence that they can you respond? you got a team that may be coming in and is not desperate because yeah. they currently have the number one seed, and they could be overlooking yeah. your squad. You, you would think if they have the championship pedigree everyone says they do, they're not going to, but it's a week-to-week league. Yeah, because honestly, I look at the three examples you gave, and I'm like, blew it, blew it, blew it, or or – got their butt speed in one of them, didn't score a touchdown on the other one, and then blew it in the third. It should also be noted the Jags were coming off of wins mm-hmm. in each prior to each of those yeah. losses in front of a national audience. Yeah, it's like I threw my line out then. They had a five-game win streak and then got beaten by five scores. A five-score loss. Yeah, That's yeah. a hell of a thing to have to absorb. A five-score loss, then what did they do? They beat two bad teams. Yeah, the reality is they haven't beaten anybody either. Yeah. The yeah. Jags really haven't beaten anybody either. Yeah. 
Yeah, really beat, looked at, I mean, their best win is going on the road and beating the Texans. Now. Yeah, yeah. Ah, the Bills. The yeah, Bills. The, yeah, the, the, the Bills in London. The Bills were a different team back then, man. Sure, but but well, the, the Bills same. were the hot team coming into that game. They were yeah. like they were the hot team. In they the won two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they, lost, were, they were what two and one or something. Well, because they had lost the two in a row. I think. Yeah. The, the first game to the, the New York Jets. Jets. Yeah. Yeah, and then kind of cured, righted the ship, and 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 again, you can look at the competition that they've all played, and we can throw darts at a lot of the competition. But there's no question that this football team that was scoring around, say, 26, 27 points per game, giving up less than 21, that they, it's been flipped on them. They are now giving up far too many points, far too many yards, and, and they're being roughed up. Well, listen, I think this team needs to get over itself. No one's going to feel sorry for you. The injuries, all that. Next man up. I mean, you're right now, you're in the driver's seat, win the division, get in the playoffs, and make something happen. We don't, Trevor's hurt. Guys are down, whatever. No one cares. Get over it. Mm-hmm. You could, you you got to rally the troops. You've got to you've got to come together and figure a way to get this thing back on track. Yeah. Because last thing you want is to be going into the playoffs on a losing streak. You, you don't want that. Absolutely no. don't want. No, that. no, 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 no. All right. So if I if I'm, if I'm putting the panic meter out there, I, I'm going to just basically say more than anything else is is kind of what you're describing is that they need to be challenged. The head coach needs to be a little ticked off with the product right now. Yeah. The quarterback needs to be a little ticked off with the product. He said it in the presser after the game. Hey, we've been here doing this for a while, and we need to knock it off. And I'm paraphrasing what he said, but they have worked together. They know what the expectation is. They've got to clean up the mistakes. They've got to create a little more intensity. I mean, that would be That's the panic meter I'm pushing more mm-hmm. than anything else right now. When you think about it. All right, let's hit just a couple of quick things uh, in the college world coming up here in just a second, including uh, what might be happening up in Athens, whether or not Carson Beck is going to decide to turn pro. And if I under, like, you know, Denny, our quarterback whisperer, was giving us a little bit of an idea of everything that's going down. And it's obviously decision time for a lot of these guys. You've got players entering the portal, you got players making a decision whether they're going to play in the bowl game, and then you got players making a decision if they're going to declare and go pro. He doesn't have to do that right away, but things have changed a little bit now in the college football world. The team that you're currently with wants to know what you're up to. He does have to do it right away, actually, yeah. because right now Georgia's in a situation where they're getting ready to lose Dylan Rayo, the number one overall player, yeah. to Nebraska. Nebraska's been recruiting him all along, even right. after he committed to Georgia. So they're getting ready to lose him, all right? And if they don't know what's going on with Carson, and Carson takes another two weeks, the elite transfer QBs – yeah. Right now in the portal, are all going to commit somewhere else. Right yeah. now they're all waiting. Right. So I, I wrote a story about this today on Saturday Down South. I've had I had two different SEC coaches tell me these guys are waiting to see what happens with Carson. Yeah, Beck. that's why. I th- because I think if Carson leaves, yeah. the Georgia job's open. Mm-hmm. Then that's a big deal for any of those those transfer portal guys because then you immediately run right in there. You're QB one for one of the best teams, if not the best team in the country next year. Yeah, so I, let's I, address too the Dylan Rayola decommitment. Carson Beck potentially coming back to Georgia are the two related in your opinion? So he hasn't decommitted yet. All right, he's he's visiting Nebraska this weekend again. He's already done it. You know, he used to live there. His his dad is a legend in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. His uncle is a coach in Nebraska right now, the offensive line coach. So he knows all about Nebraska. So the fact that he's officially visiting this weekend is basically saying, "Look, I'm going. I'm signing, and that's it. It's over. I'm committing. It's over." Mm-hmm. And I think Georgia knows. I think everybody knows it right now. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is what is Carson Beck going to do? Right, I just, I That's think it, the key. I think it's a brand new That's dynamic. The key to everything. It's a brand new dynamic in terms of 
there is no waiting around for you to play a bowl game no, and then no declare. Yeah. It is a totally different deal. No and let's way. not let's let's also loop in here early signing. Of course. So it's all it's there. All, the, yeah. the calendar is so messed up right now. Yeah. And that's Kirby right now wants an answer now. I believe it. He wants an answer right now. Yeah. And he's because having because he has to recruit this transfer portal quarterback. And he's having to re-recruit a starting quarterback. Right. And right now so. Carson Beck doesn't want to give him an answer. Yeah. Which is uh, good for Carson yeah, that he's playing exact, the game. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, who is Kirby Smart to the pressure this kid into whether he's going to go pro I don't disagree with you. All I'm telling you is if that's is, what he's doing. Kirby's Kirby's whole thing is I'm going to lose these transfer quarterback right. portal guys. He's saying tick 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 tick. But tick. to be honest, honestly, and this is another SEC coach told me this too, it doesn't matter because if Carson does announce that he's leaving, like and let's say after the bowl game. Kirby's going right after Arch Manning mm-hmm. immediately mm-hmm. because Tex- he X-Files chose Texas music over for Georgia. That one, JJ. Yeah. He chose Texas over Georgia. Yeah, right. And, and Florida to go to Texas. Yeah, Billy's in on this. I and think, it's I think one most of those two guys at Texas. Are relaxed, knowing if that, that happens, gonna get honestly, him. if that happens, yeah. there are many coaches who believe if if, Car- if Carson leaves, one of those two Texas quarterbacks will be the Georgia quarterback. Yeah. That's what it's either Malik Murphy or Arch Manning. Yeah, because because of what happened with Quinn Ewers this year at Texas. Quinn Ewers, who has said he said. Uh, Late last month that he's returning. Okay, yeah. now, honestly, Texas wins the national championship. He needs, he needs to gone. think about going. Yeah, he exactly. Go. All right, so there's so much that we will dip in into in the college football world. So do it with us. Uh, college football coming up, of course. Back to you, Jacks. Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota. I love the relationship that I've had with these uh, dealer, uh, be it the. Beaver Toyota St. Augustine or Beaver Chevy, just such great people that want to make sure they take care of you, extend beyond the sale, and create a relationship so you're buying cars from them forever. Make sure you check it out, beaverchevrolet.com and beavertoyotastaugustine.com. It's XL Primetime. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. Man, oh man, we're about 48 hours almost removed from the Jaguars' loss to the Browns, and y'all are still feisty. Uh, on the text line, brought to you by <laughs> Lifetime Enclosures on YouTube. Uh, Doug Peterson made his bed when he called off practices during the summer, sending the signal that the veterans didn't need additional work. Brother man, that was two summers ago. Um, but hey, listen, appreciate Hey, your, it lasts, okay? Uh, yeah, they were they were, they were feeling and they were um what, Now what, they get to say they're what right. What was the word too? They were and earning they were their feelings. Yes, they were earning their respect. So hey, come on now. Uh this is XL Primetime on a Beaver Chevy Beaver Toyota Tuesday. Mia O'Brien, Josie, Matt Hayes, Leon Cersei. Let's fire you up a little bit more, Duval. Let's pivot to the college ranks. JJ and Leon came into our pre-show meeting very excited this morning. And why would that be, Leon Searcy? Um, Because uh, the portal is alive in Miami. Uh, we are hosting um, potential quarterbacks to be at the University of Miami. Uh-huh. And I figure if you go to Miami, you don't want to leave. So I just want to make sure that uh, my compadres down there take care of business. Yes. Uh, the Fountain Blue, um, Club Live. Uh, Prime One Twelve. Close the deal. Uh, Joe Stone Crabs. Uh, those, those, you know, those are all. I will not. I think you mentioned. Are, I think are, you mentioned another place too. That, no, well, no, no. There's another there, place there, that. There. Uh, there's another place that I thought JJ, you tweeted this. Now I'm realizing I liked it. You just retweeted it from our good friend, our Miami correspondent, Calvin Harris, um, on oh, Twitter. Oh, oh, sweets. What, what did Sweets say? Sweets said. Um, I hope I can read this. I can read this. Yes, I can. You know, he can't um, write, yeah, just talking about Tootsie's. This is a call right, out. Well, no, 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 no. Let me read it. This no, is a call out to my ladies working at Tootsie's 
We need y'all to step up and help UM close the deal with Cam Ward. Let's make it happen. He's so dirty. Yeah, and that's the million-dollar experience, apparently, because there's a million-dollar offers everywhere for Cam Ward. But, I mean, I understand the potential of it being there. It has its usages. Use all your resources. Yeah, man. We're desperate right now, bro. Uh, We haven't been relevant in 20 years. Come on, now. In the transfer portal, if there's nothing else – there is a bonanza of either gossip or possibilities or dreams that, that, that come with quarterbacks in the transfer portal because you can't help but dream, hey, what if we get Cam Ward? What if we get, you know, whomever the other big name that is out there right now because there's definitely movement. Dylan Gabriel is one of the guys that immediately said, hey, I'm going to, to, out to Oregon. But there's a lot of big names. So that also Miami's hosting the Kansas State guy today as well. Yeah. And yeah. Riley How, Leonard is also officially off the right. board. Yeah, and so he's, he's Notre pledged Dame. to Notre Dame. And and you want to talk about Notre Dame, you know, they got they're, they're the Golden Domers. That's gold, Jerry, from Sam Hartman to Riley Leonard, two cats from the ACC playing a uh, an unbelievable brand of quarterbacking going straight into South Bend back-to-back years. Oof. It, it, the transfer portal is changing everything. It, it really is. All right. Well, as a matter of fact, when when you like, car, go ahead. No, no. What I was saying is, I mean, all, all this, you know, I'm always thinking as offensive line, all these price tags and these numbers that are going toward these potential quarterbacks, one point five million here, two point two million dollars, or whatever. I'm just thinking, thinking collectively, if I'm an offensive lineman mm-hmm. that's going to be protecting these quarterbacks that you're putting these price tags on. I would collectively, as uh, just know who I am, mm-hmm. I would tell the whole offense line, you know, say, listen, dog, we have leverage here. We're going to be protecting their golden boy. Yeah. They're offering him <laughs> this kind of money. Yeah. Let's say, listen, collectively, we want this amount of dollars right. to stay here and protect them, or we'll hit the point. Right. I, if, if I don't, I, I'm just saying, I'm yeah. just saying because, I'm, 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 listen, we know it's a quarterback-driven league. We know that the quarterback is the most important position on the football field. He can lead you places. But if he ain't got no line, it don't matter. And, and don't just break off stacks. You want like a bag. Yes, I want that, a bag. You want. That, <laughs> I want a bag. I'm, I, but I'm, I don't want a bag just for me. I want yeah. a bag for my boys. Exactly. I totally get it because the offensive <laughs> line is, is that's the that's that is. I'm just saying what that. happens. Up front. I could I couldn't be I, right right where we are right now. I, I couldn't be a, a all American mm-hmm. left tackle, right tackle for a college team and looking at you bringing these portal boys in here and giving them $1.52 million a yeah. year and then look at me and like, okay, protect them. No, you're gonna have to, I'm going to have to need some bread. Yeah, here, here, My boy's going to need some bread. I wouldn't just get it for me. I would get it for the whole No, group. to be fair, if you have, if there's an underclass All-American offensive lineman and he says he wants to go, they're going to pay him. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't just do it for me. You know, I know no, I you know can single saying. me out, but I'm saying if I, if I know my unit's going to be protecting these guys mm-hmm. – I want to make sure there's a bag, I, a bag. I know what you're saying, yeah. but my, my point is this. If you're good, you're going to get paid, no matter yeah. what position you play. Just quarterbacks just make more. Yeah. That's but, the way it is yeah, everywhere. But I want all my boys to get paid, too. Yeah. So let's kind of look at the big board, as we're going to call it, especially at that all-important quarterback position, which we know is where the bulk of these massive NIL deals are being bartered. Um, so we know Dylan Gabriel off the board to Oregon, Riley Leonard off the board to Notre Dame. This is according to Rivals.com, their transfer portal rankings of the quarterbacks. Cam Ward is indeed their top quarterback in the portal. Dante Moore out of UCLA, the second. Will Howard, Kansas State, also making a visit to Miami, is third. And remaining in the top five, Kyle McCord of Ohio State. Then we get to Daquan Finn from Toledo. Brock Vandegrift of Georgia. I know I'm going past the top five because some of these names, I know some of you are like raising your head like who? Mm-hmm. Um, Will Rogers, Mississippi State. Aiden Childs of Oregon State, which Matt, put stick a pin in that one because I know you have thoughts on that. Jordan McLeod of James Madison, DJ Uwe Ungale, 
Tyler Van Dyke, KJ Jefferson, Grayson McCall. That's well, a bunch of big names. That is a bunch of big names. But I, I would ask, I would ask Matt this. I mean, Miami in the position where I, I saw some improvement on both sides of the ball, offensive line running the ball. Got some, we got some playmakers at the wide position, wide receiver position, mm-hmm. defensive line. We need a quarterback, and I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to decipher between do we want a veteran guy that's established, or do we want a young guy who's got good upside? I mean, I mean, which direction do you I think would, Miami will go? Should go to? I don't think you can get, you can deal with a young guy, man. You need to win yeah, right you, now. You need okay. a star. Yeah. So we need. Need so right I mean, now, who's man. the who's the most viable option for us to go after if we, if we, Cam if Ward. we had to? Yeah. That's what Cam I was Ward. Yeah, Cam Ward, and then Will Howard is the third ranked quarterback. And Will Rogers will be good for you, okay? Mm-hmm. If yeah. that were to happen. Meanwhile, Billy. What about Tyler Van Dyke? Yeah, Billy and Gainesville was like, we're good. Spencer we got Graham. Petras. He's in the yeah. portal too, yeah. and somehow ranked ahead of players who actually played last year. And so uh, Cam Ward is an exciting, dynamic player. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. And so you are trying to figure out any of those guys that are at the top of this heap that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle McCord probably the, the the least pizzazz. Jeff Sims is available. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh jeez. Yeah, and he, he's a guy who's. I saw that. He, yeah, he's bounced around a little bit, and, we'll and pass. Matt Rule tried tried to kind of make it happen. Ended up having to sit him down. Uh, Sandalwood's own Jacksonville's own Jeff Sims, but. Look, that guy's been through the the ringer. That's for sure. He, people will come after him. Oh, man. of course, he's he still still has a skill set. It's just like we're talking about. There's levels of all of these guys, and and even though Kyle McCord couldn't get the job done at the highest level, doesn't mean he's not a good quarterback. He can come into another university and and, and play pretty well. Now so, you, he, they could get a young guy like you could get Aiden Childs to give Morgan State, who should have played this year but didn't. DJ played because they were winning, mm-hmm. and they're in November, and they got a chance to get to the playoffs. So right. they're not messing. Around. So John Smith wasn't messing around with everything. Mm-hmm. But Aiden Charles is a freshman who played, you know, some mop up. T- he's the real deal. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a six three six. Okay, so kid that type of guy that's you're got saying, a yeah. rocket arm that can run. That is a legit dual threat guy that's going to play probably at Michigan State. He's probably going to follow John Smith to yeah. Michigan State. Mm-hmm. But if you're Miami, you're talking about that whole Tootsie's and. Yeah, take a run at him, man. I'm sure they might even have tried. Yeah. Why would you ever go after a young quarterback nowadays when you're just – you could just get another one next year. Well, because, well, true well, because this guy could be rare and Dante Moore could be rare too. So those, I'm just those saying in general. Like, it seems like there's going to be guys, veteran, good quarterbacks available every single year in the portal. Yeah, just the numbers we just threw out there. By the way, Dante Moore has been around for a minute, too. No, okay? no, no, he was a true freshman last year. Last year. I'm just year. saying he was he's, part been of like, that he's been class. recruited now and talked about for three years running as far as the superstar, and you would think that as soon as he was able to get out on a football field, he would be a little <laughs> more than what he has been. Well, I mean, okay? he was a true freshman last year. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There was a time, I don't know if you guys remember this, there was a time when on, Drew, a, on an average UCLA team. Well, he played really good defense. He would have made him better offensively, wouldn't you have thought? You're killing a kid, man. What, I'm not killing him. I'm just he saying. He was the second overall quarterback recruit behind Malachi Nelson. Yeah, I mean, he USC, was, backing he was up a, camp. Malachi Nelson didn't play this year. Right. Right, but a superstar. Does he suck too? Well, no, I'm not. I'm not burying these guys. Arch Manning was the number one guy. Yeah, it's I want to know how many yeah. fresh, true freshman quarterbacks start and do well in yeah. college football That's in general. Kind of my point. Yeah. It's kind of rare. Well, man. I feel like also, but aren't we referring to them as rare? Aren't we, we are. Saying they're special? I mean, come on, Joe. <laughs> yeah, and, and look, Quinn Ewers was better than Arch Manning, so he played. And, yeah, and but he was the number one overall recruit two exactly, years earlier. Exactly, and had to move, had to change schools. <laughs> 
So I'm not burying them. Please understand what I'm saying. I mean, right. we have hype that comes with names, and it doesn't always deliver. Yeah, I don't disagree that's my that point. at all. I, don't I mean, that's that my point. Arch Manning was supposed to take over the world. Well, Quinn Ewers said take a back seat is what, is what happened. Plus, a lot of these guys, I mean, a lot of these guys in the portal, let's be honest about this, too. If Cam Ward was ready, he'd go leave for the NFL. Mm-hmm. If Will Howard was an elite quarterback, he'd be leaving for the NFL. Now, they're going to get money. Okay, they're going to get NIL money. Right. So that helps him stay. Will Howard's not an elite quarterback. No, I'm not, I'm not putting him in that I pile. I mean, the idea that— I'm you just know, saying Dante Moore was mentioned as such. Right. The idea you know. that Texas A&M fans are clamoring for this cat because Conan Klein's a new OC, and they think, oh, there's the connection. And they're just forgetting about Connor Wigman, who is an elite quarterback, is— Blows yeah. your mind. Like I, I look at Connor Wigman. There's as, a guy for you, Connor Wigman. Yeah, I look at Connor Wigman as good. Yeah, I'm not, take him. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not looking at him as elite. Uh, I guess he was Jimbo handicapped, but still Pretty damn good last yeah. year. In the five yeah. games he played, I'll tell you that right. Oh now. yeah, I, I like him. Again, every time you I don't say, every time I don't produce the mad quarterback Matt Love that mm. that he wants, he you thinks do. I'm You're crushing. Right. You no, know, he gets You're right. He gets yeah. attached. Yeah, he does. He does. You're right. He's very. But I mean, seriously, honestly, think about it. Kyle McCord. What's he? Tyler Van Dyke. Even Will Rogers. Yeah. I still feel like Will Rogers can sling it up with the best. I of think them. he can too, but he's got to be in the right. He's got to be, be in the, the right, right system. system. Yeah, yeah. Look at the rest of these and guys. Grayson McCall, who was hot last year, look what he did this year. But isn't isn't what DJ Ugalale? Are you going to be clamoring for him? KJ Jefferson looked great two seasons ago. Not I mean, so much this year because he wasn't in the right system. I probably would rather have Will Rogers than DJ. Didn't isn't Shannon Dawson that type of coach? Yes. Yeah. So he's I, I would welcome guy, that. Yeah. I would welcome that with open arms. All right, now you mentioned the idea of one of these guys that, you know, if they were good enough, would they go to the pros? So let's tie together Carson Beck and, and where he actually ends up here. Let's do the 10-10 take here real quick, JJ. Now, Josie's 10-10 take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pitmaster since 68. Now, our man Denny Thompson is not suggesting that he knows what Carson Beck is going to do. He's not suggesting that. He's just saying, hey, he's there, uh, good ear, that type of stuff. But Carson Beck's got to make a tough decision. Do I want to come back? And by the way, he just barely grabbed the reins of that Bulldog quarterback room, okay? Just barely got it. And who the hell would want to give that up with everything that they've got around him? So does he make the decision to come back? How much does he get paid if he comes back? And how much does it add up to if he were to move up? The this example we gave yesterday, if he moves up, say, from the 10th overall pick to the number two, whatever, the number one pick. Now take a look at Matt Miller's latest mock draft. He has Caleb Williams at the top, Drake May second. He has Jaden Daniels fourth, which I think is a little ambitious, but he still has him as one of the top draft picks taken. He has J.J. McCarthy seventh. Okay, we're talking about four quarterbacks in the first seven picks. Where would Carson Beck fit in? He's got to be real smart about this and figure out whether or not coming back for a year, the NIL, is a t- it, it sets up a totally different decision that you have to make. And he could come back, make good money, and then line up for an even higher draft spot. That's the 10-10 take. I don't know whether he'll do that, Leon, but those are the options now because he could be potentially looking at the fourth or fifth quarterback coming off the board. Mm-hmm. Does yeah. he want that? Well, I mean, listen, there's a lot of people in this ear. I had to yeah. go through this whole I had to go through this whole phase with my my in the, not to this magnitude mm-hmm. because he's got agent in his ear, he's got Georgia in his ear, he's got NIL in his he's ear. Got mama. He's got mama, scouts, <laughs> everybody. Everybody's got it in his ear. So I mean, he's just gotta make the best decision for himself right now. I mean, if he feels that he's ready to go take the NFL by storm, then so be it. I mean, everything is gonna be determined by 
how well, and not so much the season, which I hate, is going to be the combine. Mm-hmm. You said Jaden Daniels. You said yeah. Jaden. They got him number four. It's going to be the. I think it's going to be the same Anthony Richardson scenario when he goes to the combine. He runs a four four. Yeah, and he lights it up with that arm. He's something else, man. He he. Them combine eyes are going to get bright. Yeah, they're yeah. going to get so oh, bright now. I, I don't think that he's going to go in front of uh, Drake May or Caleb, Caleb Williams, mm-hmm. but who knows? All it takes is one team to fall in love with him. Whatever, whatever team that, falls. You, it's, whatever Carson's going to be up. the same way. Yeah. Carson's got the best arm in the draft right He's got He's uh, gonna unbelievable be, he, he skills. He will be the same way. But if he you, goes, he goes to the combine, he does the individual workouts, and most important, board work. when he does the, yes, the yes. individual meetings with teams and does board, board work, that's gonna be he the will key. crush that. Okay, all right, so, and, and I don't doubt and, it. And that's why Anthony Richardson crushed right. it. Right. Yeah. Everybody was talking about his athletic prowess, but they say when they got him on the board, mm-hmm. he blew teams away. And let's not forget, he's a 240-pound, you know, 6'4", mm-hmm. No doubt, yeah. no yeah. doubt, and that yeah. helped. All right, so no let doubt. me go back to this one thing that, that, you know, with Carson, is that when you think about just having embracing the idea of being on a college campus and finally getting to be the man. Right. He's been there for four years and finally got to be the man and now can come back. It's not like he's coming back to an it. empty fridge. That's that's certainly part of it. Yeah. I think I wrote, again I wrote about this today at Saturday on South. Go read it. There's a lot of different tentacles to this. It's not only that, it's also if he comes out and then it's and he's in the twenty twenty five draft, yeah. He's going into a season where the salary cap is going to be Booming by sixty million, mm-hmm. so obviously the rookie scale then will go up each one of those picks. Right. So he could make even more money, but you're also you're banking on yourself. You're banking not getting injured. Mm-hmm. You're banking the team not tanking because they they hit the they hit the mountain. They lost in that game. What right. happens now? You know how do they rebound now? So there's a lot of different things he's got to he's got to put into this. And he's also look he's I had two different scouts tell me he'll be the third quarterback picked if he comes out. So. And that's without him even going on the grease board in front of these guys mm-hmm. and without him going to the combine and his individual workouts. So could he jump Drake May? Of course he could. Just like Leon said, one, one, he could he could jump, he could go all the way to one. All yeah. it takes is one team. Yeah. So that's what he's thinking about. He's thinking about, you know, how much can Georgia give me? My guess is, I don't know, four million, three or four million, right? <sighs> They're gonna have to at least match and go a little bit over what he Heck, would make. the Dodgers aren't even giving Shohei listen, that amount of listen, money. You're so, a little so crazy. The mm-hmm. number 10 overall pick, which was Darnell, Darnell Wright, the kid from mm-hmm. Tennessee, okay? Mm-hmm. His contract was worth like $21 million, but his one his annual salary, year one, was like 2.9. And then you go down to the number 20 pick, which was Jackson Smith and Jibba. His was like $14 million. His first year salary was like 2.1. So you're going to get somewhere in there is what they're, where they're probably negotiating right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Like, we expect him to be this pick. But if he goes higher than 10, then you're talking about him literally, like, chancing, all right, I got a chance to make $30 million right, you over could, the course of my first deal. And yeah. if something happens and I blow my knee out, I'm not making that $30 million again. Right. But you, but you can potentially add, let's just put, put it at $2 million if you stay, plus that first contract and how it Sure. And here's another thing. We that, have no idea. Better, we have no idea what, what money means to Carson Beck. It may mean nothing. The most important thing may be what you said. Mm-hmm. I worked for three years to get yeah. this position. Mine, got yeah. the position. Yeah. I'm literally a field goal away or a couple bad plays away against Alabama from being in the, in the playoff. Why, why, do I, why do I want to leave when I'm having fun? Yeah, I would embrace the hell out of it. Honestly. Unless he's not having fun. Yeah. Unless it's a grind. And right. if it's a grind, right. then you just go to and the if, NFL. If Cur- and it's Cur- grind <laughs> there, too, and you get paid for it. Yeah. Well, let, let me tell you something. When I, when I went pro, and I, I went pro, and I came back to Miami – 
I was always the man. It, it didn't matter. I'm, I'm in the pros. Right. I mean, I know you're essentially saying Carson, he had to wait his turn to become the man of Georgia, but he can go pro and come back and always be the man mm-hmm. and get that money. But doesn't he want to make everyone happy and smash Florida State? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, 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 that part. Sure he does. <laughs> That's another thing, too. If he, goes, if he declares, he's not playing that bowl game. No, he yeah. is. Of course oh, not. Oh, yeah. That's what I say. Yeah. The, the new dynamic is like we all agreed. It's early signing. NIL, transfer portal, I, I, I well, never would have imagined well, you'd have all these things in your head, and you better make a, a which damn Which, by decision. the way, means no what, Brock Vandegrift, no Carson Beck, and it looks like Gunnar Stockton's going to be your quarterback for that bowl yeah. game. What do you think Georgia will offer him to stay? Probably has four, to be probably two, $4 million. Has to be four at million. least two or three. My guess is they're going to at least double I just it. think four is just outrageous. I mean, I it saw is some, outrageous. Listen, I, I saw is. something on um, – I don't I don't where Ohio State trying to offer Marvin Harrison thirteen? Yeah, and so from uh, what we've I call BS. From what yeah, we've I been told, too, that but. would be compiled together with endorsements. Yes, yeah, it was boosters yeah. that have car companies, yeah. and they say, "Hey, we're gonna twenty five million, but let's say like one million of that is like a fancy car." I mean, so you guys think it's crazy? But think about this million now, okay? dollar car. There are people know. out <laughs> there. You know what I'm saying? There are people out there with. Millions upon millions, and they don't care. Yeah, I know. And they're Georgia fans, they're and you know what? All they see is if Carson Beck leaves and Rayla goes to Nebraska, and now you're stuck with Gunnar Stockton or I someone am. else from the portal. Hey, listen, four means nothing to them. I, I I'll never say that in my entire life. Four is nothing. <laughs> right, but, but if you're yeah. like a guy that's worth millions or even billions, you don't yeah. care. What's it's fascinating nuts. is um, we're about 24 minutes into this conversation, and the words "the University of Florida" have not been brought up. Because correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, you had Graham Mertz solid with Mertz. in the pipeline last year, but when Jaden Rashada said bye bye, didn't that mm-hmm. cause a little bit of concern in Whoville? Oh, of course it did. And what's so funny? By the way, is he's, that- he might be transferring. Just yeah. FYI, Jaden yeah. Rashada. Yeah. Again, he, he might yeah. be out. Oh boy. Well, uh, again, this is a when it's all said and done. Players that play college football now, instead of a Letterman's jacket, it will be the Technicolor dream coat. That's what they will have, or on whatever Tommy DeVito on. was wearing last because, night. Yeah, because they flat out are not going to stay in one spot. It's just it, it sucks from a traditional point of view and what you used to know uh, in your college football fandom. It just ain't the same. Well, stop. And it ain't coming it's, back. No, it's going to stop. It yeah. absolutely will stop as but soon as I, as soon I as they you, share revenue. I'm going to players. Gonna, it will stop. I'm going to remind you of what you said maybe a year ago or two years ago. All this NIL money is drying up, and now we're hearing about million-dollar offers left and right and Carson for $4 million. I mean, honestly, it's not drying up. For the, for the elite guys, I'd never say it would dry yeah. up. It's the lower guys where it's going to be, and it is yeah. drying up for the lower guys. But but the, the point is this. He's if, saying if, if you the want, colleges have to – and the TV if, companies if you, have to start shelling yeah. out money, it'll be in the contract. Yeah, so, so if you – if they want this to stop, this whole transitional type of sport now, share the money. Share the media money, and then you know what happens? Amen. They I get guarantee a, they you, get you a CBA, and then yeah. all of a sudden you start having contracts, and you have to stay at the team. Yeah, mm-hmm. annual. They ain't locking them in. There's too much, too much power to the player now. No, not if not if you get that kind of money. Not, they'll be they'll collectively bargain. Yeah. Yeah, but how can you collectively bargain for guys who are not even? In I mean, yet. I mean, I guess they do it in the league too, but and they're gonna cut, they're gonna cut scholarships uh, because you, you, in other words, you can't be tied to Why some are they union cut scholarships? because. Uh, if it ain't if Leon Searcy isn't as advertised, I'm not giving him a scholarship next year. 
Simple as that. What and they do it all wait? the time. No, I wish you wouldn't yeah. have used Leon, Leon as a... Leon, I love Leon. Leon. Example. I'm surprised you dragged in, by the way. I didn't mean to do that. Just was right there in the line of fire. They pick, they pick on the two stars. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Could have gone for JJ. A, He's in front yeah, of you, too. Please. Or me. Yeah. So it, I'll gladly get cut. The, the whole thing is going to be, you got the scholarship no matter what. I'm telling you. You have it. It's been a year And if it doesn't work for you football-wise, wait. And you and you don't want to play football and you stay at the university? And you still go to school and you got the scholarship. Yeah. But if you leave, then you don't have the scholarship. Somebody else has got to give you one. Yeah, they're they're taking that scholarship away and they're giving it to somebody else that they sure. think is better. No, sure they will. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. but I mean, if you but if you say, let's just say your coach says JJ he can't play wide receiver. He's terrible. Mm-hmm. He's out. We're cutting Slow. him. We're cutting him after one year. Okay, yeah. great. You can cut him. He still has a scholarship right. unless he goes to another school. Yeah, and I I know that's typically. You know, been some of the agreement or rules or whatever, but these guys, there's a lot of sad stories out there where scholars are being ripped away from guys left and right because they ain't as advertised. Speaking of all this collective bargaining agreement, as we get ready to head into the one o'clock hour, I know obviously this time of the year we're so focused on football, but Shohei Otani deferring $680 million of his $700 million deal, could that affect other sports? I just know that if Beck gets $4 million, that's double what the Dodgers are paying Shohei. What a bargain we got in L.A. Let's dive into that and more coming up next on XL Primetime. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. One o'clock hours here. It's XL Primetime. Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota Tuesday. Right here on the Superstation, Joe C, me, O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Big Surce, and JJ. And we say thanks to all of them, the Beaver Boys with Brett and the bunch over on Phillips Highway, Nick and the entire crew. Of course, Linda, she's there to wire you. Make sure you check out both dealerships when it comes to great deals, pre-owned, brand new, whatever it might be. And then the relationship that comes along with it with service and beyond. Check them out with everything they've got going on right here on the First Coast. So, we need to get back to the Jags. We talked a lot about Monday Night Football, both games last night, and the fact that the Jags are still very much in the in the thick of things when it comes to locking up the AFC South, but then also just trying to make sure they move up seed-wise. Best news for them was watching Kansas City lose back-to-back weeks, watching Miami lose last night. Instead of a 10-3 and club, they're now a 9-4 and club, so there's just a game separating those two. And then you've got all the other tentacles that come along with it. But the bottom line was Tennessee beat the Dolphins, made it a game last night, and ended up coming away with a couple of big scores late. They were down by two scores late, and they were able to come back and win. Uh, Jacksonville, when we get ready for the Baltimore Ravens coming into town, you know, one of the things we let off our show was, was, is Calvin Ridley worth it? Okay, because the whole idea was that Trent Baalke goes and gets him, He's going to come into town. Once we saw him on the football field, we said he's going to light the stat sheet on fire. Mm-hmm. I called him Thriller. <clears throat> Calv to Trev, I was all fired up. And now we've seen a kind of a hit-and-miss situation with Calvin Ridley. So, J.J., set up our Twitter poll, and then, and then let's just kind of embark on that discussion. Yeah, I put it out when the show started. What would it take from Calvin Ridley for you to want to bring him back next year? Question today brought to you by Beaver Toyota of St. Augustine. Lots of responses um, my personal favorite, a Kyler Murray study clause. Mm. Um, you know, if you guys don't remember, Kyler uh, Murray was sort yeah. of 
he said exposed he didn't watch film. for not watching yeah. film, yes, and yeah. they put it in his new contract extension before they took it out that yeah. he had to watch a certain amount of hours per week for film. Um, seen enough, I'm out. Someone says average 75 yards plus a game for the remainder of the season, a playoff surge, uh, find a candle that smells like my grandma's house. <laughs> Um, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I like number it. zero and wouldn't mind having him back. I just need more consistent play. So, yeah, a lot of responses. You can go to our Twitter and share. Yeah, at 1010XL, what would it take uh, for you to want to re-sign Calvin Ridley? And, Leon, we threw the number out yesterday. It's in that It's that 19-plus million neighborhood. Yeah, I mean, I mean, listen. If, if you Cal- were to tag him. Yeah, if you were yeah. to tag him. Yeah, I mean, listen, Calvin Ridley, I mean, we've seen flashes of his greatness. Uh, we, we've seen the we've seen the catches along the sideline. We've seen the touchdown. We've seen the speed. We've seen the breakaway. But far too often, we've seen him disappear. Yeah. And you just can't have that in this league. And in week 15, there's communications issues with you and the quarterback in week 15, bro. I mean, I, I, I understand the first couple of weeks, you, you know, you, 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 you kind of gra- you, you're getting to know each other. You get to know each other in camp and all that kind of stuff. I can see the communication breakdown early in the season. But week 15, when you're making a push and a run, you can't have those kind of discrepancies. You can't have that. No. And you could, uh, you could tell that Trevor was pissed. He was pissed off because he didn't look back at the ball. Leon, what I want to address, and we discussed this Calvin Ridley issue yesterday, and I know it blew up on our social channels. Um, there were some people who responded and said, well, Trevor can't throw the ball that high on that interception in particular, where it looks like Calvin Ridley runs into traffic as opposed to an out route looking towards the sideline, which is where Trevor placed the ball. Did you think Trevor was to blame on no, that no, play in particular? No, on that play in particular, if you if you if you, you watch the play, it, it was a, it was a, there was a blitz, so there was timing involved in it, which means that Trevor was expect he he was expecting the wide receiver to not only see what he saw and to make the adjustment by turning around and getting the ball. That's where the confusion was because they did blitz to that side. He got rid of the ball and he was anticipating Calvin Ridley knowing. If he had studied, and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to question his professionalism. I, I can't say if this man studies film or not. But in that particular instance, it looked like the quarterback and the wide receiver had should have had the communication to where the wide receiver turned around when he saw that particular blitz or whatever to where the ball was going, and he kept running, and that's why Trevor got upset. So is it knowing the playbook, or is that situational awareness and recognizing the defense? They had they had to have done it in practice. That, okay. that, that's the most troubling thing about they had to have done it in practice because I've been around long enough where they they have a thing I don't know if they do it anymore they call blitz drill and they got check downs and they got reads if they bring you this and that whatever the corner does this safety does that you know I'm getting rid of the ball you turn around and look for it and Trevor was anticipating him turning around at that particular time and he kept running that's why he was so frustrated because it's almost like Trevor was saying hey listen we worked on this you got to get your head around. You know what's coming. That's that's what makes me think that the, the breakdown in communication uh, at this 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 term of the time of the year had to be frustrating for Trevor. What did you see from Parker Washington? Official start number one, his second significant game action. Knowing that we saw on the play, Trevor got hurt on Monday Night Football. It was because he did not have situational awareness. In his route running. Well, I mean, yeah, he he's still treading water. All right, he's still treading water. I mean, only the only real. Uh, game time speed he gets is doing practice. So, I mean, and I'm not making an excuse for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still trading more than you, you expect more out of him in a game, regardless of. Now you got to expose more out of him because he's a rookie because uh, Kirk's Christian now. Hurts, he's yeah. hurt. The reason whatever. I brought up Parker was because 
I want you to tell me, did it look like he had a better command of the opposition, what the play calls were, and what the game plan was this past Sunday? Compared to Calvin. Compared yeah. to Calvin. What you're sad is yes. <laughs> that, was, that was what I was getting yeah. at. No further questions. You're no further questions at yeah. this time. Yeah, because honestly, that's a good – it's a good way to look at it because Calvin has been in this league a minute and he knows how to get it done. His skill uh, is, you know, some of the best that we've seen in the National Football League. But Parker Washington is a fifth round draft pick just out there trying to stay healthy after the injury. Stay and afloat. Then, yeah. yeah, basically, yeah. And, and, he, and he got the ball ripped out. He was trying to scratch out some extra yards and obviously he's got to protect the football. Mm-hmm. But he's now made two big plays in two big games, even though the Jags haven't come up winners. He's made two big plays and two two big moments in these games. Mm-hmm. Yes. If I look at the targets for Calvin, fifty five catches on ninety seven targets, average is thirteen and a half yards per catch. It's not terrible. Seven hundred and forty two yards were five touchdowns. So he needs to be a a more reliable weapon. And if you go back, just take a look at last night. There were rooks uh, in the lineup for the Green Bay Packers because they didn't have Christian Watson. Christian Watson's only a second-year receiver, and he's already established himself. And Dobbs and and Reed and I'm trying to think Watts. I was trying to think of the number 13 that, that made, made plays last night for them. Anyway, they have guys that are in position to make plays, and you need more of that productivity that you can rely on. Here's the thing. it's not, I don't even think it's reliability, Joe. I think it's – if you're going to pay a guy that much money, yeah. doesn't he have to be Chase or Jefferson or Tyreek Hill? or I mean, he's got to be that kind of guy that can take over a game. He hasn't done that yet. He has no. not taken well, over no. a game yet. He, well, here's, here's the thing. If I'm Calvin Ridley's agent on the flip side, um, what did Christian Kirk, what was Christian Kirk's numbers when he came out of Arizona and he got paid? He got like 1,000 yards. He had 1,000 yards yeah. one 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns, like 70 receptions. Right. It wasn't Cal- a big Calvin, I mean, I, as much as y'all may dislike Calvin, Calvin Ridley. Ridley's only had 1,000 yard year. Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, not I mean, I mean yeah, the 13, a better player than check Calvin Ridley. Yeah, but that was it. Christian Kirk, one had, season. Christian Kirk had 982 yards, yeah, 77 catches in his final he's, season. Yeah. He's also a significant, significantly better player than Calvin Ridley right now. Yeah, Calvin mm-hmm. Ridley is also a first round pick. First All right, money, that was a first long round money. Time ago, I don't man. care. First long, round money. Long, st- first round money still sticks. You can say <laughs> well, what you want right, to say. So here's here's where they're at because that's what they have to do, and, and they're going to have to make that decision. And just take a look at Nuke last night, okay? DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, with, I'd rather pay DeAndre Hopkins that money than Calvin as, Ridley. As, as many years as he's been around, and granted, he's not going to take the top off of a defense like like maybe uh, no. But take a look at the play he made yes. last night down the field, falling and playing the defender. Perfectly, uh, very just, veteran savvy offensive oh, PI that would never get called. Yeah, it was he yanked him down. Oh, yes, and, he bo- did. and both of them were hand grabbing, but never you know the full arm bar from either one. But it was such a it was a technician oh, at yeah. work. It, it really was. And then obviously you know, Levis is trying to find his favorite target. It's not like he's got a bunch of guys that he can rely on. But I'm not saying DeAndre is better now than maybe what Calvin could be. But Calvin needs to step it up. When you start looking and thinking of number one receivers out there, you're seeing a lot of dynamic playmakers that are out there getting the job done. And, and Calvin is just kind of up and down. By the way, Ridley this year, five touchdowns, 742 yards, 898 yards and six touchdowns for DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, that's something else. And you by the way, it took look- a minute for them to get started, didn't yeah. it, up there in Tennessee? Well, it took until to- Will Levis was yeah. starting, yeah. and then they had that three touchdowns. Yeah, he game. didn't have a touchdown until week yeah. six. 
six or seven. And he is it. by far and away the headliner in that wide receiver room. I mean, oh, yeah. no, with Traylon all due respect and, to yeah. Nick Westbrook Akini and yeah. and Traylon, Traylon Burks and his yeah. asthma, like there is right. no question. Like it's D hop or it's not. And yeah. that's where if you're Jalen Ramsey, uh, you had to wonder if it was deja vu last night mm-hmm. because he yeah, because, lit you up again. Yeah, Nuke took him across the field and, and Jalen just basically had a little give Seven up catches for like a hundred some odd yards. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. most of them he was lined up with Jalen. Yeah, it, it it was something else. All right, so Chime in on it. We asked what the panic meter was, the Calvin Ridley discussion. So you Jaguar fans, you Duval Nooners, jump in on it, 641-1010. You can also go to YouTube, find 1010XL, and, and pop a, a comment there. I want to go back to the college ranks in the next segment because uh, we have a lot of questions. We have some attorneys on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures asking, asking about the revenue sharing that could come with a collective bargaining agreement in college football, which, of attorneys. course, also brings us to Joe's Dodgers and Shohei mm-hmm. Otani, which I do want to, like, Look at the college football situation, which I don't think you're going to be deferring money to guys well after they graduated, but never say never. Correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. And and could you see it in the NFL? Well, we try to do that. Well, Otani's doing it. Yeah, I just, I love it. I mean, and we also spoke about how, you know, the end of life clause. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I should have deferred my money. Yes, we were talking about. When Otani's untimely demise will yeah. happen. Hey, Matt, Matt's out air predicting is, a perfectly yes. healthy 28-year-old is going to drop I just said, I just said if, he had a smart, if he had a smart agent, he would have said, yeah, at some point in the contract, if I pass away, what you owe me goes to my family. And if, they, if, the, Dod- and if the Dodgers don't want to do it, no. all right, I'll go to the next team that'll Listen, do it. Listen, if well, he's like year one and he dies in a car accident. Right, but if it's like year five or six... Then you know. Then, we then you talk. just put in an incarnation clause. Right. <laughs> yeah, what if he comes first of all, that? come on, man. First of all, that. he and his agent were smart he enough. Against he and his agent f- were smart enough to find this fine print of the fact that the CBA allows for any and all deferral. It's yeah, not is, smart. Yeah. I mean, he's losing like half of his value of the money in ten years. Guess I mean, what? It's smart hey, for the team. Guess what? But it's, for it's, Otani, it's one of the dumbest things I've ever off, seen. You can't even talk here because it's your team and you don't care. Of course, all but you I'm care saying, about is you it's, got him. It's okay? genius for the team. Which yeah. I, oh yeah. It's absolute genius. But then also for Otani, he was giving away he was giving away the owner right He was giving away more than half of it to the state. He might as well wait and True. keep it, and no, then when he point. leaves, he can keep more of it. California doesn't deserve any But if he was really <laughs> smart, he would have just came and played for the race. <laughs> it's, XL, <laughs> it's XL primetime. This is XL primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. All I got to say is, what perfect timing. What perfect timing for Aaron Rodgers to pop up on the television in front of us at 1010XL World Headquarters as we discuss Shohei Otani deferring the bulk, if not all, of his expected contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers until he has expired said contract, or until said contract is expired. This was the comparison I made to the Shohei deal that was reported last night by Jeff Passan and the team at ESPN to my buddy who actually does work in baseball in New York media. And and I said to him, I I was like, so what's the difference between Shohei saying, I'm going to have a lower cap number or luxury tax number for you baseball aficionados out there, and I want to wait to get the rest of the money, as opposed to Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady before him, who consistently have a low cap number and have that guaranteed money up front. That's why, for me, I don't think this is as revolutionary as so many think. I just give credit to Shohei and his team for reading the fine print and seeing within the collective bargaining agreement that there was no limit on how much you could Yeah, but just imagine this, okay? The the genius of the way the salary cap works when you have guaranteed money is that you get guaranteed money now. 
the genius of this is on the Dodgers side because they don't have to pay anything until later. So when they pay $68 million, basically what 680 it is. $680 million. It's uh, $680 million. I'm talking about $68 million mm-hmm. per year. Yeah. So $680 million is the deal, and he's going to get paid $2 million a year from now until 20, through 2033. From 2034 – to 2043, he's going to get $68 million annually. And it's just insane that a player would agree to do that. Now, the Dodgers take their money, they invest it, and it makes more money to pay for that when, the, when and they have plenty of money, by the way. And But everything they're investing now that they didn't have to pay him will help pay that salary. And then obviously getting into the Japan or Asian television world with Shohei is one of your – you know, great players will definitely bring them more money as well. But for Aaron Rodgers or any of these guys, it's $50 million up front, guaranteed. I don't play unless I see it. This is a totally different dynamic. It really is. I don't know whether it's smart or not. I don't, know why you don't not, like my death. But it's genius. It's completely I different. I don't understand yeah. why you don't like the death. You're a real Mormon. You are, real right. Mormon. Yeah. Well, I don't like what? The death amendment. How do we we go right back to the death amendment? I, I I'm talking about he takes care of his family. I'm not I don't care. I'm not I'm I'm thinking Why? Because about you don't care because he's on your team and all you care about is him playing. No, I'm I, I would never look at a deal and go, what happens if he dies? That's just me, okay? <laughs> That's just me. So I always have been told the bird in hand meets two in the bush, and I, I'm never yeah. gonna leave my my money in the hands of corporations because yeah. I've seen exactly. how they operate. He could just I've take seen, seen corporations defraud right. on defraud on uh, uh, pensions and retirements. Yeah. You think I'm gonna leave that kind of money? Yeah. The, the Dodgers go belly up. Then nah, I'm not doing I, I would have never done it honestly. If I was Shohei, I'd have never Dodgers go belly up. And I look at it like Major League Baseball goes belly up. Yeah, yeah. None of that's happening. By the way, it might happen. Yeah, and and by the way, but they're just printing money. Just think about this ladies and gentlemen go to the bryce harper manny machado uh sweepstakes it was a minimum of 300 million dollars that they wanted okay and they both landed in that neighborhood right around there based on per year it was around 30 million and then mike trout knocks it out of the park with a 450 million dollar deal this is 700 million bucks. He got paid like he was two players. Yeah, and he is right. uh, because at least right now he still plans on coming back for Tommy John pitching and hitting, and he's such a dynamic superstar. And the other part of it is is that think of the amount of money they've invested. They've got to get something out of it, okay? They've invested in so many other areas, and they, they have one – Dream Walt Disney World World Series title. I'm glad you said it. So in that, in that, so in that contract, Mickey okay? Mouse. Thank God for the JJ, pandemic. JJ, you might know this. You, you might have read it. I haven't read it. Mm-hmm. Does he have to reach a certain point of years played before he gets all the money? No, it's all yeah, guaranteed. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he has like, to If he playing. retired three years yeah. into the deal, no, 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 he not retired. I'm not, I'm not saying retired. I'm not no, saying retired. He, I'm he saying if he bad. blows out his knee and he can't play, that's retired. It's, it's, what do you mean? And that's it. So then he can't. He he loses the money. Is Dude, that what you're that's every sport. Man, well, then that's a dumb deal. Then. What? Yeah, it's they no, want... no. For him to do that to defer the money is what I'm saying. Is a dumb oh, deal. Oh, I'm sure he'll yeah. still get however up to whatever point he was owed. Yeah, and so, you know what I'm saying. No, but like, it's two, but it's two million a year he's getting, right? But let's say he plays five years and has to retire. Okay, yeah. so that's ten million. I, think he would still probably all obviously get the yeah, five-year worth that of was the, my question deferred, not get the all the rest of the contract it's all guaranteed yeah he's going to get that five years of deferred payments absolutely yeah. but yeah. he's okay. not going to get the well, that was other my question is he going to get that yeah okay. oh yeah hell yeah so the question my friend brought up to me last night is now does this change how all sports view contracts yeah and especially we were talking earlier about 
the expected, sorry, text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, Mm -hmm. the expected collective bargaining agreement that will come between players and universities, especially on the college football front, if not all of college sports. Does this idea of a deferral, number one, incite players at the next CBA agreement for each of their respective sports to be like, uh, heck no, is this happening? Or heck yes, is it happening? Or is this just the beginning of people saying we're going to kick it down, kick the can down the road, well, I mean, we'll pay it, it later? Yeah, they might get real creative, but I think most most athletes want They want it, it now. now. Yeah, like, this is a now. very cultural, Otani is very different thing. Like, I couldn't fathom, and the other you thing, know, Trevor Lawrence being like, hey – Give me that 500 mil in 10 years. Yeah. Like, it's financially, like, really stupid to and, do that for the player. And what he's done now, okay, he goes to the the Angels. They don't win anything. He's coming over to, to join now Mookie and Freddie, and they hope that they're going to win championships together. He doesn't leave town. He still makes 50 million, roughly, 50 million in endorsements. Wow. Because it's, every, you know, every everything that is Shohei sells in Asia – and so the continent is in love with him, soaking up. And then, of course, you got all the Asian pop, you know, here in the United States that are eating it up. He is the 17th highest paid Dodger. Wow. <laughs> he is the 17th highest paid uh, coming up next year. And so, yeah, it's an incredible deal for the Dodgers. It, it really I is. I also don't know how the NFL slash NBA deferred money even works. It could yeah. be completely different than Major League Baseball. Yeah. But now that's the question is, will you see this in CBA agreements moving forward? Yeah. Maybe. And, and I can't imagine. Might honestly, already be in there. I, I, I can't imagine college getting anywhere near uh, a collective bargaining. At any, in general. Yeah. yeah you don't I, think college, I, that it, players will ever be allowed to collectively bargain. I think bargain. it will be at some point, but there are way too many moving parts. 130 D1 or call them. Uh, you know, no, no. And when no they, no they would do it by conference, would they do it by no. conferences? It's just those who can afford it. That's all. Yeah. But it's, it's 350. It's 40, 50 teams. That's it. Yeah, but it's it's, I'm it's just talking football about, separate of everything else. Maybe they will, but you don't think that the college basketball player is going to say, if you're going to collectively bargain, we want to collectively bargain. Sure, and it'll be 40 yeah. or 50 teams separate and, from everything else. But And you don't think that'll just like, – that, that's just not going to happen overnight. Really? Yeah. Because players getting money wasn't going to happen overnight either, and all of a sudden it did. Well, let me know when they are getting paid because they haven't gotten paid yet, not by the university. And so for them to collectively bargain, they got to be a union collectively bargaining with those universities. And they're, they're, it's That's nowhere correct. near happening. That's correct. Yeah, I mean, nowhere near. Okay. All right, let me get a bold fact out here since I, <laughs> I at least got it back to college here real quick. Uh, why would you say anything about college sports right now is yeah. nowhere near? Yeah, Nowhere near. At this point, why yeah. would you even say that? <laughs> Here's a bold fact brought to you by Bold City Brewery, Duval's first craft brewery, online at boldcitybrewery.com. Taco, taco, taco. It's a Taco Tuesday at Bold City Brewery, the downtown location, always serving up great craft. Roselle Street right there in the heart of Riverside, the production house. You can go there and enjoy a little Taco Tuesday special tonight with their great craft. You can order up a Bold City IPA, a killer whale, whatever it might be. Make sure you enjoy it at Bold City or pick them up off the shelves. All right, name the only three players to win the Heisman Trophy, a college football national title, and a Super Bowl. I was going to send this to JJ on Friday when I was off. One more time. I was late. A Super right. Bowl, so a national title, Charles and a Heisman Woods. Trophy. Charles Wilson. Yeah, Charles Woodson. Only three players that, to win a Heisman yeah. college, uh, a Heisman national title, and a Super Bowl. The last one Charles takes – yeah, Charles Woodson for sure. The last one takes – All right, so Joe ding Burrell up Sirs on that one. Um, Tony Dorsett. The man knows. Ding Woo! him up. Wow, very good. Leon's feeling it today. 
got to be a quarterback, I would think, right? Mm. Elway? Elway didn't win the Heisman? Nope. nope. Or the Natty. He or definitely the natty. didn't win the Natty. Yeah, yeah, definitely didn't win that. Um, By the way, Reggie Bush did this, but does not currently possess a Heisman. Oh. So. Wow. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. And he wasn't exactly a huge part of the Super Bowl team. Yeah, yeah you're not wrong yeah. there either. It'd be All right, Hers one more. It's not Herschel. Herschel wasn't on the team. Was. No, but I like where Leon's going. Leon's living in the right world right now. Okay, right. so it's in the 80s. 80s. Mm-hmm. Dan Marino? No, no Super Bowl. No, no Natty. Yeah. No, duh. That one's um, him, him and Joe Burrow are in the same. And no Heisman. Imagine that. Dan's got everything, but he doesn't have any of those. Jeez, I'm trying to think of the 80s national champions. Nebraska? Oklahoma. All right, we'll throw it out there just so we can wrap it up. The it. only three with all of them, Heisman, Natty, and a Super Bowl, Charles Woodson and Tony Dorsett, Big Surge bringing it, and Marcus Allen. Ah. Who are the coaches, by the way, yeah. with a national title in a Super Bowl? Marcus Allen. See, so, like the Heisman has gone from a running back award to a quarterback award. Oh, it's, it totally has. Back then, they all ruled the day from the running back position. See if you That's can do that. Sure. Who are the coaches that have won national Jimmy titles? Johnson, oh, Jimmy Johnson, Barry Swisser. Jimmy. I want to kick Pete, their ass. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. Barry Switzer. Barry Switzer, Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. I think there's one more, isn't there? I'm not sure. Well, it I, was going to be Herb yeah. until they got him out of here. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. No, he was made, on his way. Prematurely. They won a national championship and a Super Bowl. I think um, that might be it. I think that made me those three. It yeah. might be those three, yeah. All right, we'll have that answer coming back. <laughs> it is XL Primetime on a Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota Tuesday. Hang out with us. We appreciate it. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, so what just happened is Joe is one of those – Jerks that doesn't tell anyone it's his birthday. Right, you guys oh, I am now. To sneak about sneak that. Remember that yeah. goalie right uh, now. I am now. I'm telling you now. Happy damn birthday. Yes, yes. And he tries to like slip it in by being like, you know, this is my last round of XYZ <laughs> yeah. here. And right. we're like, and you gave me grief about not telling anybody, but you, when my birthday came <laughs> and went, you're like, why would you not yeah, say that? Yeah, Matt's supposed to true. be the secret of birthday guy. Yeah, that is right. True. That's all. And now look at you. Him. Now yeah. it's 145. We're more than. Well, Halfway I think through I, the show, and you just randomly say, I, oh, today's my birthday. I think I'm, I'm starting to crave a, a birthday cold one. It's probably what it is. That's nice. probably what it is. Now, there is those people on the opposite end of the spectrum, like, hack, <laughs> that are just like, Bless you. hey, it's my birthday. <laughs> That's like, not how he does it. That's not how he does it. First, like, week in advance, hey, he'll let you know. It's more, will... like, it's more like, well, hey, you know, in a week, I'll be 40, <laughs> yeah, so I've seen 37 years of Jaguar. Very excited to be celebrating yes. on the fifth quarter tonight, and yep. then it also will follow it up with tagging Eric Dillard and being like, great to share a birthday with you, man. <laughs> he it. and E. Dillard have the same, huh? Two <laughs> legends. Two I have, Jacksonville he'll, legends. He'll somehow tie it to the Jaguars. Yeah. Oh, and that'll get him, bring it back to his day. I have the same birthday with the chairman of the board and so that's 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 what i like frank sinatra hmm. chairman of the board wow. yeah 12 12 so it's an easy one uh but yeah i always uh tld's uncle mike he's in honor of frank he's always texting me like 5 a.m you know happy birthday so he he, he loves that well connection. happy birthday happy, yeah. happy birthday Joe. Happy birthday, bro. thank you Getting any older. plans tonight sure. um yeah yeah we'll have uh the family uh pizza party and whatnot nice. so that'll be Love fun that. We could have had a pizza party for you here, man. Yeah, I, well, I know. I was going to bring you like 500 in. bucks, but now I'm not. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's a nice, I would consider it slices and pints tonight. Slices and Can't pints. Get nice. Can't go wrong. That's a good Tuesday night. Yeah, so is. that'll be good. But So the next one's the big one. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe that. Yeah, how do you know, had you, had you not, you know, had you told us, how do you know we would not have, you know, had like a little cooler set up with some 
with Devils in there. Yeah. Or as you walk out too. the door. Yeah, that is a good we idea. We definitely should have done that. Yeah, bro. Yeah, a nice hey, road hey, soda. Is Campo <laughs> here yet? Is Campo yeah. here yet? Nice Campo, if you're soda listening, well, yeah. maybe make a stop I, on the way in. I, I look at it as I, I feel like I have a birthday every single day. Especially Just, when Campo is exactly. here. Yes. Yeah, always good. Always good. All right. So before Big Surce leaves, and and we were just kind of you know diving in on on the one subject as far as the Jaguars are concerned. There's at least you know one or two thoughts here uh, off the text line with Calvin Ridley. All right, got to give a third for Ridley regardless. So they have to choose between a second or a third and Ridley. Then they have to draft and develop a wide receiver. They should tag Ridley after the draft and see how he does next year. Got to sign Josh Allen. I'm just telling you, that's Tag the expensive him. part of it. You gonna give him a fortune cookie? That's a that's the By expensive part. Of yeah, that's that's gonna cost. That's costly. Yeah. I don't know about that, bro. Yeah. Especially I mean, when your GM is so to... worried about you know paying this guy, paying that guy, and exactly. having enough money in the reserves. I mean, I understand what he's saying by you know the track record here of drafting people is not that good. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I get that, but you can't if you're gonna pay a guy that money, he has to be. Stephon Diggs. He's got to be Chase. He's got to be Jefferson. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. got to be a guy who can dominate a game. This guy's not dominated one game, not yeah. one. And, and I would I would go to the last two because of what Jamar Chase did with with Buster Browning here. He just took over. Yes. Made catch after catch. Obviously, Justin Jefferson's done that. Tyreek has done that. You know, Stephon Diggs, him and Josh Allen have been like so up and down. CeeDee Lamb. He's not even CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, CeeDee Lamb has come on this yes. year. Yeah, uh, that's another good example because he has really come He's on. He's not AJ. There, you can go is, down the list of yeah. receivers in the league. He's it, not any of those guys. Is he T. Higgins? He's going to be a free agent. That's night. a great yeah. one, and Leon. T, and T's a big. Who would you rather pay? Uh, <laughs> Higgins or Ridley? Okay, I'll go back to a few Monday night games ago, and I know we talked about this. T. Higgins was in a little bit of a pout, hits, hits him on his hands like four or five times that night and drops him. So I'm sure every team has examples of mm-hmm. how their guy that wants to get paid is not getting it done, but he's also playing second fiddle to Jamar Chase. Well, not to the extent of Tyreek Hill last night, but you can't deny their offense just operates at a different level when T. Higgins is also in the lineup. And yeah. part of that is they also have Jamar Chase. But the hope would be if if you have a Christian Kirk, mm-hmm. if you have a Zay Jones one more year on his deal, right? If you draft another guy and then you sign T Higgins, mm. I, I and by the way I like the idea because T Higgins is a bigger body. Mm. He, he's a physical guy. Yes, absolutely, and he can go get it. Yeah, when he wants to. Right. And look, it, they're all divas. We're all trying to figure out who to pay who and. And, and Tyree Kill, like they sh- they flashed the numbers last night. I swear, I, I, I may have it a little mixed up, but I swear they flashed the numbers about what he needs to get to two thousand yards. And like the next series, he gets hurt. <laughs> so as soon as you say that, but the because- thing is, it's you know what's odd is is the, the physical guys don't aren't aren't the elite guys in the league. It's no, all the five it's ten the five eleven quick. guys it's the that cheetahs. run. Yeah, it's, it's Tyreek. Yeah, it's, but it's Chase, it's yeah. Jefferson, all those guys. Like like Zay has been the conduit to success in the passing game because he is that bigger target that you can get the ball to and get downfield. But you're right. They expect Christian Kirk or Calvin Ridley to be yeah, that. Like, like I love Keon Coleman, yeah. but I mean, if you start looking at the history of the NFL, recent history, mm-hmm. six, four and two twenty is not a guy that's well, going to dominate. I tell you the one guy I think that can be that guy is Christian Watson. I really do believe that guy. He, he can mm-hmm. run. Yeah. And Keon can run too. Yeah. Yeah. But, but he just can't stay healthy. I mean, yeah. they, they're going after guys like Zay Flowers. Those are guys yeah. they're looking for now. Yeah, it's another guy, medium mm-hmm. impact guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And it took him forever to get in the end zone. Yeah. It's only been like three but weeks he since he got in the end zone. Yeah. And now he's gotten in there a few times. Can't but, quit. Yeah. Jalen Waddle. And, and Waddle's got numbers re- receptions wise. He just does not get in the end zone. He really doesn't. And when they bracketed him yesterday, which obviously, if you're fighting your way through double coverage and the next reliable receiver is what, Cedric Wilson and Braxton Berrios? Yeah. Like, I, I understand where the struggles last night lie, but it's not like. If you go back to the one year, and it was the urban year that the Jaguars faced the Dolphins in London, like, yes, Jalen Waddle was the quote-unquote number one, and obviously it's unfair because it's his rookie year, so you can't really judge him in the same light as you do today. But you can't deny that was a different offense, and part of it is Mike McDaniel, yes, but part of it is Tyreek. Mm-hmm. Having that yeah. number one guy is supposed to change the offense, and part of that, yes, is schematics. Part of it, yes, there's still some Trevor haters on the text line that want to blame this on Trevor. Go ahead, do that too. Um but, like, that's where I look at the MVP race and I look at the second half of last night's game before Tyreek Hill came back in, and you cannot tell me in good faith that this that offense is the same with or without number 10. Oh, yeah. When no, he's not even missing, close. Not even close. Yeah, when he's missing, it's missing. Yeah, I mean, he takes the cap off the defense. When he was in the game, the defense has got to be they, – they're accountable for his speed. And then when he's out the game, like you said, they bracketed Waddle, and mm-hmm. they had more – that's the reason why they had five sacks on, on – Tua because he's having to hold the ball a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I don't think Tua was 100% exposed last night, but, boy, that's the most uncomfortable I've seen him since he went through a concussion-filled season last year. And and, and, and he, he made some mistakes he should not have made last yeah, night. Yeah, plus, and he had three backup offensive linemen, too, yeah. as well. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't not, help him at all. Not help him at all. But I, I think to myself, like, like, we'll have Coach coming in here in a few minutes, and, we'll, and we've talked about all the weapons that Trevor should be using, has had around him whether Calvin's, you know, the guy or not, and Zay and Kirk and all of them, you add up what Tua has down there. Look at what a, a, I like to call him A-Chain, but look at what A-Chan and Raheem Mostert have been able to do in that run game. Raheem Mostert's a man, okay? Both of those guys have been able to get off. And then, obviously, when you have Waddle and Tyreek and throw Jeff Wilson into the equation in, in a little tight end play, they got a lot of weapons down there. Mm-hmm. And they got they – got, Knocked around last night, surprisingly, by that defense. Before we say goodbye to Leon for the day, let us go around the National Football League and final thoughts from the weekend that was. The Weekend Rewind, brought to you by Cycles of Jacksonville, the big boy toy store for big boy toys. Are the Cowboys going to win the NFC? Prescott, bouncing, looking, escaping, throwing on the run, flag is down, his lap catches it, takes it to the end zone for a touchdown. Can't get right, Tony. I can't believe it. I think it's coming back. Number 19, offense, lined up in the neutral zone. Wow. Five-yard penalty. Check him out. These receivers can't get out of the way of hurting the team. Too many times at the end of the game. The Ravens survive. Allen Wallace breaks out of the tackle, takes it down the sideline. He stays in bounds. He stays on his feet. He takes it all the way and ends the game. There are no flags. The Niners are running three teams. Purdy sets, launch, has Samuel wide open. He's got it. Touchdown. Will we see Baker in the playoffs? Mayfield to the end zone. It is caught. Otten. Touchdown. Now that play right there, and again, this is the NFC South where someone's got to win. We'll find out. That that play that Baker made to Otten was pretty dang big. So, Big Sirs, I mean, we come out of this weekend before you before you go. I, I don't know what we completely learned this week, other than we saw quite a few surprises, maybe more than expected. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what I what I saw last night lets you know that the NFL you can't take any team for granted. Yeah. I think this Jaguar team figured that out the last couple of weeks. 
just can't show up and think you're going to win. You've got to go out there and still execute game plan, intensity, all that stuff factors in. Every game down the stretch mm-hmm. is a playoff game. And I said this to the teams that aren't in the play, are in the hunt, whatever, they're auditioning. These guys are auditioning. They don't know what's going to happen at upper management, coaching staff, player. I mean, they don't know. So you're either going to be on the team for next year or you're going to be on another team. Yeah. But how you play the, down the stretch, teams are watching. Yeah. So that's why you see the teams like the Titans last night get after it pretty good. You see a team like the Giants who was, you know, who have struggled all season long get after it pretty good. And and, and Tommy DeVito, mm-hmm. I call him Zoolander, the way, the way he walked <laughs> The way he walked in. Did you see what he was wearing when he walked oh into the gosh. stadium? Oh, Hey, he was looking and, like Ben still all day. And <laughs> my cousin Vinny, the two kids that Joe Pesci was was representing, one of those kids grew up to be Tommy DeVito's agent. There's no doubt in my mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that guy. That guy's unbelievable. I went down mm-hmm. the rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, so his name is Sean Stellato. He is inducted into the National Italian-American Sports Hall of Fame Played football at Marist. Has multiple books he has written. That's so um, funny. Y- you have to go down this. I mean, he's like a legit agent, too. Like, he reps a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is just, as someone who, since I know several of you on YouTube are like, why is she wearing a Giants hat? Mm-hmm. As someone who grew up Italian-American in New Jersey, very familiar with Don Bosco prep, mm-hmm. where Tommy DeVito starred, um, undersized guy, obviously. To see this guy, to see the tailgate with the spread, in the oh, parking lot it. with the mm-hmm. with the chicken cutlets, the parm, the meatballs, like and then this, the gesture, that's their sign. It, the gesture, I'm a little like over already, yeah. like yeah. just because I'm like, okay, that's a bit, but like everything right. else about it, like truly is like heartwarming and nostalgic for me, just because I grew up in that. Yeah, it's real, it's real. All right, Big Source, enjoy the rest of the afternoon. You got it. All right, he heads out. Coach Campo walks in. We'll keep it on your Jags and the National Football League coming up. Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota, a beautiful Tuesday here on the First Coast. XL Primetime's Coach Dave Campo is brought to you by Bold City Heating and Air. Online at BoldCityAC.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring We can just sit like back and listen, couldn't we? Yeah, JJ's really mom. dating me with that song. Because I tell you, that's a little smiles. even before my time, but yeah. you, you're not going to get a better voice than Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just good times here. Chairman of the board uh, <laughs> as he uh, celebrates up there. in uh, It's somewhere with an orchestra up there uh, in the sky. All right, uh, we've got our coach. Dave Campo, our head coach right here on XL Primetime. If you've got a question you want to throw coaches way, you can hit it. 641-1010. But we're going to ask Coach a bunch of questions about what the hey happened uh, Sunday up in Cleveland. So you've gone from Cincinnati, a loss here, now to, from a, a Jake Browning, his first road start, to old man Flacco. Uh, what did Jeff Prosser call him? Flaccosaurus, because uh, he's just an old dinosaur. Heck, they even sent him back to the practice roster. Uh, and yet he was able to do what he did. So your first thought as, as far as what happened on Sunday? Well, unfortunately, I don't think we're playing clean enough to, to be a team that, you know, you're going to go into the ballgame and say, hey, they're going to they're gonna win this football game easily. Mm-hmm. And the NFL has proven, as we saw last night, that you better be clean in what you're doing or else you're going to lose a bunch of games. So to me – uh, I think other than the first, uh, I mentioned off the air, that the first two busts, and mm-hmm. they would straight bust for the defense on the two touchdowns in the first quarter. Right. But from the second quarter on, if you really look at the synopsis, 
they actually bailed our offense out in those quarters. You know, when we threw an interception, they got one right back. When True. we uh, made another mistake, they got one back with a fumble recovery, a yeah. uh, cause fumble. So the defense kind of played, other than those two really bad plays, they, were bad. they played like they have all year, give up yardage, but turn the ball over. Well, we've got to just make sure we don't bust any coverages and, and t- keep turning the ball over. We'll be okay. Offensively is my concern because when you're having con- uh, situations where the receiver and the quarterback are not on the same page, right. which was evident in that game, we got issues there. After 15 games, we shouldn't be in that situation right there. And just to prove this was not a one-off, and you tell me, Coach. Has this been happening and it's just been getting covered up because they've been winning? And number two, does this fall on the receiver or the quarterback? Well, to me, I think it's a little bit of a combination when you ask that question because, uh, you know, the one to Zay Jones, you know, they, they jumped the crossing route. And Zay, in my opinion, did what he was supposed to do okay. because the backside corner was responsible for the middle of the field when the free safety jumped the crosser. So it was a post to him and a crosser from the other side. The the center fielder jumped the crosser. So he went where he should go and to space. To the to the middle. Mm -hmm. And Trevor threw the ball like it was going to be a a shallow cross post. Okay. So I'm not sure who messed that one up, but the ones to Ridley, Ridley the one he he ran the raw route too deep, and he didn't look for the ball. He should have known it was a blitz, uh, you know, because the blitz came from his side, so he should see that. That's and, another good point. Yeah. yeah, and then and then on the other one on the on the takeoff, they blitzed us third and one. Everybody was saying, well, why they call a deep route? He checked that off. That was their check off to their four across the board blitz. He went all the way down the line of scrimmage, told them what the protection was. He knew the blitz was coming. So Ridley takes off, and he's going full speed, and then all of a sudden he sees the corner has stayed up over the top of him, mm-hmm. and instead of just keeping going to, to force, you know, Trevor had to get rid of the ball, force a, a situation where you come down with the ball instead of the, the DB, right. he slowed down. Then all of a sudden he tried to take off again. So – those kind of commu- uh, communication issues shouldn't happen at this particular time. I was just going to say, so you're 12 games into a season. Right. Operationally, side adjust should not be a problem. Absolutely. For quarterback, for receiver, anyone on the field, correct? That's the concern. And I'm, so that concerns me. That in the running game concerns me. From a, The running game concerns me because of a physicality problem. Right. Okay? And we're facing a physical one this weekend on both sides of the ball. So that is a big concern. But when you're having issues with the quarterback and the receiver, they got to get on the same page somewhere along the line here. All right, so these are basic questions. You you can take it any way you want, but there's part of me, and I'm sure there's part, you know, I say I usually say all of Duval. This may not be all of Duval, but they want to see a coach get a little upset with the performance, a quarterback get a little upset with the performance because of what you just said. Does that need to happen? Well, it, it needs to happen. I think Trevor, you know, kind of showed his, yeah. you know, his displeasure on the one, the first one to Ridley when they had a chance to, you know, 
that if he catches a ball there, they're going to right score. The game. Yeah. Uh, and and you know he just pointed at his eyes like this. Well, yeah, he should have. As soon as he came out of his break, he should have been looking for the ball. He didn't. He just kept running. So uh, you know that's they've got to clean that stuff up. And and uh, he showed his displeasure. Mm-hmm. Now he is not the type of guy that's going to to throw anybody off under the bus in right. a press conference. Yeah. You know, I, I think he's he's confident enough in himself that he can do it in in the building. In one-on-one. You know, in a one-on-one situation or whatever. Uh, Coach Peterson is really kind of the same way, but I hear from people that when he's with the team, he tells it like it is. Okay. And really that's what you want to do. Now, yeah. Keep it you know, inside. you, you yeah. can be a guy that can scream and holler and all that and get all upset, but I don't know that that does anything with this athlete today. I think it's more of a transparency, make sure that they understand, hey, uh, you know, what do you want from the season? And I, yeah, I you're think the pro. I'm confident enough in him that I think he would do that in, in, from what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know some of the coaches, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and I'm very careful with what I, right. what I say on the air, right. you know, because of that relationship. But at the same time, uh, I, I'm, I'm hearing that he's – He's pretty demonstrative and tells the what what it's what it is. Six four one ten ten is the number to reach us at on the text line. Brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Let's take a break here because when we come back, I want to address a the physicality of the Ravens, but also b coach how maybe this run game that has been largely inefficient this year, how can that possibly be reworked in a week's time to maybe give the Jaguars a chance? Because I think it's just so critical to get that run game going to open up play action because, as we saw against the Titans and the Texans, that is when this team was at its best. So let's do that and more. Coach Campo hanging with us till 3 right here on XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. So much to get to in just so little time with our head coach, Dave Campo. But let's begin, Coach, um, with this out of Philly, just to bring some perspective to the Duval faithful out there that are panicking and they need answers from you, Coach, of how they can fix the team. There's at least one sports columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer who is calling for the Eagles to hire Frank Reich to, quote, save their season. (laughs) You know, it's amazing to me how quickly – the media, and I guess I'm part of it now, and yes, the fans, and the fans uh, are quick to hire and fire. And when you're winning, it's great. When you lose one, the world is uh, caving you know, in. Is is yeah, it's it's going the way of the climate change. We have no other choice but to do that. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> it's either high or low. There is no middle. Uh, yeah. Don't you know that? On yeah, social absolutely. media. Like oh, they, yeah. yeah they, you must have an opinion on everything. Yeah, exactly. But, no, it's it's a rough, uh, you know, listen, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be just fine. Uh, I'm confident that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be just fine as well. But I think you can't help but look at it. Let's just use Jalen Hurts as an example, okay, because – he is now responsible for something in the neighborhood of 17 turnovers and at least 16 that I can think of, 10 interceptions, six fumbles, including the other night. Well, they had big designs on big things. Doesn't mean they still won't get there, but they've gone to the back of the line. And and so it is real when you see the way right. a team loses back-to-back weeks like that. Yeah, it is. And and I think, in the, you know, uh, 
you have some days where you don't play well, but when it when it goes a few days in a in a row, uh, it becomes a trend, and you know there there is concern, and there's concern with the Jaguars right now. You know, you watch those two games last night. Uh, the Jaguars could in the, in this league they could win the next four, mm-hmm. or they could lose the next four. Yeah, it's great. how they play when they line up, and and, and that's kind of the league. So, so, oh, go ahead, Matt. I'm sorry. I mean, how, how do you, how do you get Evan Ingram more involved in third level throws, even second level throws for that matter? Because it's all just quick ins, quick outs, curls. How do you get him more involved? Because he's clearly a guy that can be a type of guy that can stretch the field, especially like down the seams and stuff. And that isn't that what Doug Peterson did for all those years. He did, and and I'm surprised they don't. Uh, you know, throw the seam routes. They have moved him outside some. You know, a couple of catches he's made on yeah, the sidelines were fantastic. He's almost like a glorified slot guy right yeah. now, seriously. <laughs> yeah, but I'm talking about he can actually go outside. Yeah. And and it, depending upon, you know, what coverage is, if you've got a team that's playing a lot of man on you, he's going to have a safety on him out right. there. You know, or a linebacker, depending upon what they're doing defensively. So I can see your point of getting him – He's a glorified big wide receiver is yeah. what he is. And uh, him fooling around the line of scrimmage is really not – there's been a lot of plays this year, if you really look at it, where they've tried to run uh, off-tackle plays mm-hmm. where they're counting on him to come in and get somebody. It's edge, and it's right. not been very good. Right. And that's not him. You know, it's it. He, he's, a, he's a slot. Uh, but you can move him outside. He can run takeoffs on the outside. He's having eight point eight yards a catch. Yeah, but his big thing field. is run after catch. So you got the crossing routes. You got right. the the option routes stuff that he runs. You know the inside uh, dig routes from the tight end. But I'm surprised he doesn't run more seam routes. To be honest with you. Which there's been at least one nooner that's pointed out that without Brenton Strange the last two weeks, regardless of how you feel about the second round rookie, that takes away from one blocking threat at the tight end position, and instead you're running, with all due respect, Josh Peterson out there who's been on the practice squad all year because you don't have the numbers, and so Evan Ingram has to be a blocker. Oh, and he also has to fill in for Christian Kirk. And so I think that that's part of it. The other part of it that we talked about yesterday is in terms of middle of the field. It was as if, Chris, if you look at the plot chart of right. Trevor's throws, it was as if, well, no Christian Kirk means we're just going to ignore the entire middle of the field. And that's what it looked like. They didn't attempt anything. They didn't complete or incomplete. There were no incompletions either. They just didn't target anything past 10 yards in the middle of the field. Yeah, that's that's kind of been their mode. Uh, Which, why? I don't know that. Yeah. You know, that's that's when you start saying, that's when you look at it as a fan and as a media person and mm-hmm. you say, well, we need to get somebody that's going to go down the middle. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, they've got to attack the middle of the field. I think the one to Zay Jones was designed to be a post pattern. I think they got what they what they wanted there. Mm-hmm. You know, they had they, they he was wide open. You know, and I don't know the the communication wasn't right. there. And, and, and I mean, I know you 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 may or may not want to say it's Trevor's fault or because because we don't know. Right. Yeah. And but at the same time, there has to be a collective responsibility. And that one, I'm saying, probably was the quarterback's fault mm-hmm. because they got what they wanted. The center fielder jumping across and route. The middle is played by the backside corner trying to get over there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, it, again, it, you must, Trevor might have thought he was going to stay a little wider, and he, mm-hmm. and he and he really went right down the middle. 
So. But you must take advantage of those. Absolutely. That's that's what that play gives you. Yeah, and, you know, and cross you, post. You got you're looking for the deep one. If it's not open, the the, the crosser is going to be open. And like you said, there's only so many of those. And if you go to the other side, you said there were only two or three busts on the defensive side. Those are the plays you got to make. Absolutely. Uh, I, I the, the the one that's the most disappointing to me was the one we were talking about when it was third and one. Going in, uh, I mean, uh, defensively, yeah. and uh, they jumped into a goal line defense to stop it because they came in with really four tight ends. Heavy. They had three yeah. tight ends and a fullback, so they they assumed it was going to be a running play. Well, when you go to a goal line defense, the outside linebacker Trayvon Walker has that guy man to man. He was standing up, and he played the run, and 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 uh, gone. And Joku went down straight, and there was nobody. Yeah, but on the other side, on the other side, Dewey had the 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 wing, and he was wide open on the crosser route. So that was just an ugly play. But again, that's young. operational stuff. Like you yep. should not be twelve games into the season and this stuff happening. That's Problems like this happening. That's brand new. This game going into a goal line defense on third and one at the whatever it was, the right. thirty yard line. Right. Mm-hmm. Normally you don't do that because there's no center fielder, right. and you got everybody up on the line of scrimmage. So that's coaching to me. I mean, when you make that decision, you got to make sure that everybody knows who they're covering because it's, it, it, you know, it doesn't automatic, especially with that group, it isn't automatic they're going to run the ball in to, that situation. Speaking of run game, to the Jaguars' run game, which has struggled, part of it, as we've said, week in, week out, do they go away from the run? But I know there's plenty of nooners out there that want to blame specifically certain offensive linemen. I thought, personally, I was shocked that Pro Football Focus had Blake Hans for eight pressures because, by far and large, was it pretty? No. But I thought, all things considered, first time ever playing left tackle, I thought he held up okay. He only gave up on the two-point conversion, the sack. Um, The interior is the question mark I think a lot of people have, especially at that center position. What is your analysis? Well, I'm going to say this. If you look at the plays that they make the most yardage running the football, it's on the perimeter, and it's not handoff. Mm-hmm. It's tosses. Right. Get on the perimeter. Let the running back, who's a pretty good runner in space, sure. get him out there. When they've tried to run the ball, handing the ball off, they have not had great success. There's been penetration. Oh. They had one they lost five yards on in this ball game. Yeah. But if you look at the runs that they made that were successful, they were all pitches. Get to the perimeter. And the reason for that is the inside guys – for us, the two guards and the center are not physical players. So you can't run the ball inside, but the one thing they can do is pull. All those guys can run. Yeah. So when you're getting on the That's perimeter, true, yeah. guys are pulling and getting around there. If you're running a screen, those guys are getting out there. That's what our offensive line is. Unfortunately, from a physical standpoint, our interior is not very good. Yeah, I think the thing that's most frustrating is do that early, to success, yes. instead of do it late when you're trying to manufacture trying to figure something. Figure something out, yeah, right? It, in like the right end, one more counter trades yeah. and stuff, right? Yeah, well, yeah, something, something that's going to get you on the perimeter yeah. with guys moving to the yeah. perimeter. Because in the because in the end, it's two and a half yards per carry, and Etienne's getting beaten up. He uh, is yes. getting beaten. It's double right. trouble. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. So l- let's keep it going. You guys can uh, you know, hit the text line, Designed by Lifetime Enclosure, 641 Plenty of reaction there. Coach and I will have our Campo and Joe podcast coming up at 3 o'clock, so plenty more coming from our head coach. But you can be involved in the show up until 3 o'clock. 
This is XL Primetime, protected by Preferred Roofing on 1010XL. One more segment with our head coach, Dave Campo, on this Beaver Chevy Beaver Toyota Tuesday right here on XL Primetime. A lot of your questions on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, conveniently enough, are on the defensive side of the ball. So, Coach, let's begin with how the Jaguars will defend the Ravens this Sunday. This is courtesy of 309. Is this a game where the Jaguars play a little more man with some safety help over the top? With the Ravens' run game sitting back in our soft zone, seems like a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I, you know, that's a tough question. And, and let me tell you why it's a tough que- question. Because, you know, I don't think we have man-to-man type players. That's, you know, you kind of got to do what you do, you know. And, and I think you have to play some more man because uh, it looks like Lamar Jackson has uh, doing both. I mean, he's running for 600 yards and throwing for six, whatever it is, 700 yards, whatever it is, 2,000 yards, whatever he's rolling for. Right. Uh, he's doing both. And the, the, the problem that you have is if you play man, sometimes your run defense isn't as good as if your eyes are on what's happening and rather than on people. So this is a tough ball game because you have to stop the running against these guys. And the quarterback is as big a runner as anybody. So, you know, you've got to make sure that, number one, that you keep him in the, in the middle. Don't let him get running around too much. You know, that's... Which they did a good job of last year yes. with largely the same personnel. And they ha- and, and I'm a concern, like we said already, with a little bit of the contain out of the outside guys. Oh, my gosh. You know, you can't just go wild trying to get to the guy. You mm-hmm. know, you got to make him execute. And if you if you do that, he's going to have more time actually to throw the football. And so if you're playing straight zone, he's going to be able to find some some holes in there. So it's really a tough deal. And I, I've not seen a ton of him, but one thing I have observed is Todd Munkin is now getting to Lamar as far as strategy goes, run to throw. In other right. words, he runs oh, yeah. with his eyes down the field, right? Which he didn't do at exactly. one time. Yeah. And and Munkin's good now. He was here when I was with yeah. the Jaguars. Yeah. Todd was our uh, wide coach here, right? wide receiver mm-hmm. coach. Yeah, for us here at the Jags. All so. right, so here, here's another one. Uh, Ray here, question for Coach. Do you think Cam being out is a major reason why the Jags haven't been able to get the run game going? Well, I think one thing about Cam is that he's a physical guy and he's a competitive, you know, very competitive. So mm-hmm. when you lose a guy like that, that probably has – some kind of an effect, but I, I think it's more the inside guys, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I don't, the tackles, I think, have played pretty well, uh, you know, as far as uh, they're a little bit more physical, and, and uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that, uh, that uh, Little is going to be back, mm-hmm. and Cleveland both. I'm, I'm hopeful they both can be back, and that's the best lineup right there. Shotley had a rough day this weekend, too, so, you know, it's, uh, hopefully that'll improve a little bit. All right, so we were talking in the break, and I was telling you I think Antonio Johnson needs to play. And and I know he hasn't played a lot this year, but right now Rayshon Jenkins is a liability. And your point was he's a liability in the open field tackling. And guess who's coming to town? Speaking of Mr. Open Field breaking, breaking tackles and breaking ankles, do you play Antonio Johnson more in this game? Uh, Even though it's a huge game and it's I would, important. I want to put a footnote on that. Don't forget last year how much three safety look they played against Lamar Jackson when they came here. Yeah, I think that there'll be an, an eight-man box against these guys. You have to be. 
which means that they'll they've got to play a little bit of man, but they also will play the three deep stuff that they've been playing. Uh, you know, I, to me, Antonio Johnson needs to be on the field. You know, one way or another. Now they use him in a nickel situation. I think he's the best nickel right now because I think he he has a knack for playmaking. Ball player, yeah, yeah. He's got yeah. length. He's got uh, he's got speed. You know, for a big guy, he's physical. So you're going to have him in the run game, and it just looks to me like he's a little bit more of a natural player, like you said, than yeah. than uh, than Gregory Jr. is. You know, and I think Gregory Jr. might be a pretty good corner in the future. You know, maybe an outside corner when it's all said mm-hmm. and done. But I think he's the guy that should be playing nickel. He reminds me of Darren Woodson, who we had with the Cowboys. Not as fast as Darren, but I, but he's capable. And as much zone as they play, he doesn't have to be as fast right. as Darren Woodson. And obviously so. the one pressure Antonio Johnson had on Sunday resulted in a Turn, turnover yeah, yeah. Yeah. and a fumble. Um, this is courtesy of 755. It seems like the Jags only blitz in one situation. Is that true? They don't blitz a lot. Let me put it that way. I don't know what the situation is that they do blitz. Out of fear? Yeah, I guess when things aren't going well, but they're not a blitz football team. And, uh, you know, the zone blitzes have not been very good for them, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. When they have locked up and gone after teams, I think you have to be a little bit aggressive to do that. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there were times in this ball game where uh, the guys from Cleveland were four across the board mm-hmm. a number of times, meaning there's no free safety. Right, and when you do that, you got to have it. They're a man team, so they have guys that can play man to man. That, but they have to be confident. You know, everybody can play man. You know, they can say, "Okay, we're going to play every man, every down this yeah. game," and that might be the best thing from a scheme standpoint. But it may not be the best for the coaching staff and the players. Yeah, it, they can play man if uh, Calvin's getting a dozen targets and only catching three balls, you know, yeah, whatever yeah. the number was. Right, so right. That, that has something to do with it as well. Right. All right, we got Coach uh, coming up at uh, 3 o'clock. We'll go Facebook Live. So you can go to 1010XL, check us out there with a little Campo and Joe podcast. So we will definitely do that. A real quick that before we say hello to the Frangie Show. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We will leave you with this, Knowles fans, on the heels of our conversation about transfer portal quarterbacks. DJ Uyunglele is set to visit Florida State this weekend. We discuss with the Frangie Show coming up next on XL Primetime. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL talking with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Always love seeing the embedded and shredded, ready to rock and roll with the Frangie Show. Hayes, what is up? Frangie Show coming up at 3. we got a scholar athlete. I'll see you guys later. Yeah! <laughs> All right, you're the man. Wait, Zip listen, we're just trying to pave the way so you can have every minute you deserve. There you go. There right. you go. No, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of Jags, a lot of Gators, a lot of Nolan. Every day, our, our usual show. Do you yeah. like yeah. usual frangie yeah. show? You if you like the frangie show, usually you're probably going to like this frangie yeah. show. That's uh, what I would say. On the surface <laughs> level, Caroline DJ Uyunglele is he a fit for Florida State? I think so because I think he get great coaching, and you know I think they're going to put good players around him. So I would advise him to go to FSU. I, of of the options I've heard, yeah, that I think would be the best. And option. Norvell will take a good long look at him. Yeah. All right, brother. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Hayes, Frange, Lauren, RJ, they're all coming up, but first. Now, today's takeaways brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years.
the fact that Riley Leonard is now at Notre Dame, which, by the way, Joe Adal says her sources tell her $5 million for Riley Leonard to go to Notre Dame. I think Carson Beck's going to make a decision, if not later today, early tomorrow, because it's it's got to happen. Georgia has to know he's got to make a decision, and, and they'll move forward. My takeaway is time to pull up your big boy pants. If you're Mike Caldwell, press Taylor. Put your money where your mouth is. The Acoy is up for grabs. And if wholesale changes aren't made on both sides of the ball, it could get a little ugly on Sunday night. Six out of the eight division winners lost this weekend. The sun is shining. Let's go Jags this mm. weekend. You've lost two. Don't make it three. That's really what I'm thinking. you got an opportunity to reassert yourself and your name in the conversation. That hopefully will be what the Jaguars do Sunday night. We are out. We say thanks to Beaver Chevy and Beaver Toyota. Great dealerships that really begin with the people on the lots. Linda gives you that promise. They're there to wow you, and they will do it. And just check out that Toyota lineup, the Chevy lineup, and you could start shopping online, beaverchevrolet.com, beavertoyotasaintaugustine.com. Love them. You will as well. Joe C., Mio, Brian, Matty Hayes, Big Surs, and JJ, and we got Coach and I with our Campo and Joe podcast coming up on Facebook.